Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Right now, in a galaxy very near in Southern California, four normies gather to discuss the Skywalker saga in anticipation of its closure. It's the third episode of Star Vember and War Sember. It's Revenge of the Sith on Normies Like Us. Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? Execute Order 66. You and the chosen one! Welcome back, Normies. Like we said up top, we're here in Stars Sember? Nope, I, I blew it again. It's Starvember. Uh, we should Star-vember, say Mike did come up with that great name. Starvember or Sember, but it's us, your hosts. Colin. Hey, this is Obi-Wan, Mike, Noby. It changes every week. Uh, this is uh, Darth Jacobus, I guess. And Joe is actually out uh, this time. He's been called away on a mission uh, from the council, but we do have a fellow Jedi and friend of the show here. Uh, I'm Adam Antilles. <laughs> nice. Good, nice. good to be here, guys. What a deep yes, cut. Thank you for joining us. We love it. <laughs> on the uh, Star Vember War Sember series yes i am uh, very excited to be here as anyone in my office will tell you i have uh very few things to say about star wars yeah we're really gonna have to to squeeze all the juice out of this one because you don't really have many thoughts on the franchise <laughs> as a whole no and you certainly do not uh resemble anakin skywalker and his fighter ship in this exact moment so i mean that is the inspiration for me uh, growing my hair out is to look like my favorite <laughs> character of all time, Anakin in the prequels. Boy, I was on some oh, hair patrol you, on this one, guys. I was definitely looking at it, so I, I dig it, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I just need one of those gold metal headbands. You know, <laughs> no, not, yeah. <laughs> not till you get married. It's a Cabra. <laughs> yeah. So we're here, right? We've done it. We've done two of these movies. Happy to have you here talking Star Wars with us. Um, and yeah, it's number three, the final prequel. The final prequel. Yeah, how we feeling, guys? Uh, you know, obviously in the past, people were prequel haters. I asked the question up top, like, do you guys remember seeing this one in theaters? But I'll just say, like, you know, as you guys answer that question, um, do you do you also just, like, remember how you felt? Was this a good experience, a bad experience? But how do you feel about the prequel now? Uh, Jacob, do you remember seeing this one in theaters? Uh, yeah, well, like, um, you know, like I said, like on the earlier episodes, my, my remembrance of these movies seems to go like in reverse order because for some reason it doesn't make sense, but I remember Phantom Menace the best. And then I remembered Attack of the Clones like second the best. So this one I actually remembered the least, even though it's the newest, which is a little strange. Uh, but I really enjoyed it because it was so kind of fresh to me. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's probably the best of the prequels, and uh, yeah, pretty good. Happy to hear it, man. How about you, Mike? Uh, so this is probably one of the first movies I saw at midnight. Like I went by myself, like the first time without my family. So I went for this one at midnight, and I thought it was pretty epic and pretty awesome at the time. And having rewatched it for the show, the question I have is: Yes, it's the best prequel, but is it the best Star Wars? Oh. 
Yeah, oh, I that's a hot take. There might so we'll we'll talk uh, by the wrap up. I'll make my case as we go through this thing. But I I really enjoy this one. It definitely holds up uh, on a rewatch. So yeah, I would, I want to throw it to the guest Adam. Same um, thing. This is also the first one I saw at midnight. Hey. Um, my buddies and I won some money in the talent show, uh, stealing Weird Al Yankovic songs. <laughs> a classic. And. We, we had also, leading up to this movie, had gotten lightsabers banned at our high school because we were walking around with them and we had badges that I had created of what our Jedi Council position was <laughs> and like what color <laughs> wow. lightsaber we had. Like I was, I was pretty hyped for it. And I remember right before it started, you know, as the, the crawl began to come up, I turned to my friend and I almost had a panic attack. I was like, this is the last chance. If this oh, Star Wars man. is bad, maybe Star Wars is just bad. <laughs> oh man! And That's um, crazy. But no, I I came out of the theater just happy as a clam. Uh, I really enjoyed it when I saw it, and That's and awesome. I still love it. I I don't think there's ever been a period where I really hated this movie. Yeah, I think definitely it's. Um... It's one of the least divisive of the prequels. I think people were generally okay with at least parts of it. But Colin, what did you think? You asked us the question. Now it's your time to answer. We're talking the same time period, right, guys? 2005, that's release date. Um, ninth grade for me, kind of the same for you guys. Early high school, like you said, Adam High School. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably um, ninth yeah. grade for me, too. Like, you know, again, we pointed out in the other podcast, teenage years jaded, right? You know, you get into high school like... I, I was kind of getting back into Star Wars. You know, you're kind of figuring out your path or whatever. Uh, I remember my brother was working at the Rave at the time, our local movie theater. And uh, he happened mm. to get to see the work print that all the people who work the theater get to do the night before. And I got to go. Uh, and I was super excited. And the next day, just fucking talked it up to everybody, guys. That's oh, awesome. That's you got so to see sick. it before? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the day before. But, I mean, it's the same as you guys probably doing a midnight screening or whatever. You know, that next day, you would just be seeing it before everybody else, too. You get that experience to be like, guys, it doesn't matter if it was good or not. I saw something iconic. Yeah. Yeah, and four hours before you did, so, haha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little, bit of, a little bit of bragging rights. That's very cool. Do we know how this thing performed, though, Colin? Can I ask you, like, what's what are we looking we do, at box office we wise talked, compared to the uh, other two? We talked in the last ones again. Attack of the Clones taking that dip from the Phantom Menace hit. Uh, Phantom Menace, you know, had that wind beneath its sails, guys. Everybody's saying, "Oh my God, Star Wars is back!" Attack of the Clones, oh my God, following a bad Star Wars. Uh, Revenge of the Sith hits mid eight hundred million range, so underneath the billion of Phantom, but over the six hundred million of Attack of the Clones. Okay, so kind of brought it, moved the needle back in a positive direction. I think that can be said for kind of the film as a whole. Like, it definitely ends the prequels on a high note, in my opinion. Adam, any thoughts on, on that as a generality? Yeah, I, I remember actually seeing coverage of, you know, how the film was performing because I just wanted it to do well because I wanted it to reaffirm that, that yeah, this is a good one. This is far superior to the last two, and everyone should feel that way. And I remember, you know, hearing that it did what better than Attack of the Clones and being happy. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely the intended outcome. Jacob, any thoughts on kind of the performance of this thing compared to the other two? Uh, no, I think, yeah, maybe yeah, it should have uh, done the best of the three because I think it's the best movie of the three. It feels like awesome. a well, movie. Colin. 
right? I mean, that's the thing that I would argue out of this, guys. Whereas Attack of the Clones, yeah. we were like, this screenplay is bad. This one, I'm like, I'm not checking the clock too much, even though I will say, guys, uh, uh, we got to watch this, you know, streaming-wise. We did use Disney Plus at this point. I did anyways. Um, and I hit that midway point after Order 66 where I was like, okay, let me hit pause here. Oh boy, I'm an hour and a half in and there's an hour left. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was just saying this to Mike too. When I was rewatching, I was like, this movie seems really strangely paced because so much of what I thought would be like the kind of the climax of it happens like halfway through. And, and re- I did the same thing as you right after or- uh, Order 66. I looked at it and I was like, Positive oh man, there's still an hour done. left. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the whole climactic battle, you have the dual battles with Yoda and Palpatine and Anakin and Obi-Wan and those take up pretty much the last 40 minutes of the movie it seems like um uh but yeah I watched it on Disney Plus as well I I watched the first two through less than legal means I'll say uh so it was nice to have Disney Plus come out <laughs> Were you at Moss Eisley? <laughs> but oh that's I, right you're in the cantina watching it on a big screen <laughs> Yeah uh, but I, but I'm glad that you know Disney Plus came out because I'm happy to pay for it if it's available and um it looks great. And I thought it was absolutely the best looking of the three, um, both CGI wise and just general cinematography. I thought it looked pretty good. I was still rocking my old DVD copy. Whoa. I, I tried to stream that bad boy, but couldn't. So I had to watch it in standard definition on DVD. And let me tell you, Ooh. those menus are bad. <laughs> they, they're they like spoiler city and they have like lower grade versions of Yoda just slaying clone troopers but it's like the B like the B budget animation for it <laughs> oh dude okay. I love some slams on some mid 2000s title screens of DVD menus that's incredible man yeah. I can I can picture that completely that's pretty yeah, cool I, I miss the days of DVD menus now we just have the Disney plus splash yeah you don't screen, even get commentary ugh yeah, I saw that you could you could listen to the Lucas commentary, and I I almost did, <laughs> but decided against it. Yeah, probably not the best. <laughs> uh, they, hey, before we get out of this like segment poetry. though, and jump into the movie, I kind of want to ask this question, Adam, because I know you were a guest on one of the Star Trek episodes as well. Where do you yes. stand with Star Trek versus Star Wars? Me as a guy, I've I've never watched that much Star Trek in my life. Star Wars is kind of the end all. Well, I mean, I was definitely a Star Wars boy going into Star Trek, and I don't think that's ever going to change about me. Hell yeah. Uh, especially since it looks like we might be getting some more quality Star Wars, um, you know, in the future. And uh, it's it's hard, though, because so many things that I don't like about the prequels and some of the things I don't like about the newer movies, uh, they're just all good in Star Trek. Like... This year for Halloween, dressed up in a Starfleet uniform. So uh, my soul is beginning to be split. Wow. Is that the dark side? What is the light side? Where do we stand? (laughs) I mean, Star Trek is the light side. Star Trek's the light side, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because there's no conflict in it, guys. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) No, because they they act like adults. You know, they talk talk about their problems. Yeah, but but this is coming from someone who's only seen four seasons of The Next Generation. So there's a there's a lot of bad Star Trek out there, I bet, that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, they're called uh, almost every single Star Trek movie. But <laughs> that's for another time. I'm thinking of the first season, Mike, where everybody's wearing a hairpiece. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, man. 
yeah, there's some bad stuff, but we've now moved in the Star Wars universe out of what I would consider the bad stuff, and we're kind of into some good stuff. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any means, but maybe we should just jump into it and start talking. The Revenge of the Sith. My master. <laughs> We're back, uh, and uh, we're talking Revenge of the Sith here, guys. Episode 3, Mike, you just said master. The entire time I was watching it the, yeah. this time, I was thinking about, you know, because Joe was pointing out some fascinating thoughts in Star Wars and Attack of the Clones. So I kind of wanted to, like, open my mind this time where I was like, what? Like, what's going on this? I was thinking about, I want to ask you guys this. Anakin calls Obi-Wan master the entire time. He never calls him anything else. Master, master, master. Even in this film. Uh Right. But, you know, Obi-Wan himself says, like, I couldn't kill him. He's like a brother to me. And Anakin's very quick to call Palpatine master. He's just like this weird self-serving. He just loves calling people master. It's, just, it's like, if, would you guys, if you were trained by somebody, would you call him master for the rest of your life? Does Qui-Gon call, you know, uh, Darth Tyrannus master? Would he call Count Dooku? Would uh, Count Dooku call Yoda master all the time? I don't know. Well, everybody refers to Yoda as Master yeah, Yoda, but that right. might just be because he's at the head of the council. He's just very formal, you know? He's just I trying think he to just, do the Jedi thing, and then they screw him over. I think he's a sub, and he just likes calling I agree. Master and Master. <laughs> I agree. He's the first incel, and now he's a sub. <laughs> I mean, as you pointed out, he he immediately calls Palpatine Master. I think, you know, this is a boy who who never had a father, and... Uh, you know, uh, didn't you guys call your point. father's master? <laughs> You're <laughs> reminding time. me Absolutely. that he was a slave on a desert planet, Adam. Like, I guess, like, in his DNA, it's like, people are masters, people are slaves. That's just how it's broken up. <laughs> Damn, that actually got real dark to think he grew up, yeah, yeah, as a slave with a master. That's actually crazy. Well, and if you think about it, it ties into, like, he has kind of a simplistic worldview in general where he sees, like, a very, like... You know, why can't we just have a dictator that'll rule rule everything and make all the decisions? Like that's his idea of like a. When good you pointed that out, Attack system. of the Clones, and then in this, right when he's talking to Natalie Portman, yeah, we'll get to it. But when he, at the end, he's like, and then we'll be in charge, and that's obviously what should happen. I was like, wow, he's just saying how like a kid would say it. Yeah. We could stay up all night and eat candy for dinner <laughs> and ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, yeah I really want to know what the the Jedi school is like. I mean, these people spend their entire lives, you know, either on mission or at the temple. Uh, it Seemingly, you would think they would be a little bit better educated. It seems like Anakin is is only been studying force powers and lightsaber moves his entire life. <laughs> right. He doesn't understand much else, that's for sure. He does not, um, but he's a great one. pilot. Like, you know, if you want to start from the beginning, just to just to lay out the plot right, guys, we jump into the middle of like a space yeah. combat fight uh, with the F Trade Federation, you know, the new clone army. And we get our heroes piloting basically TIE fighters, guys. What do you think about that for the first image for the last movie? Adam, I think I you have some opinions about these ships in particular. Uh, I like that we're seeing the transition into like Imperial tech. Like it starts to hint at the TIE fighter, but I think I like the Jedi 
fighters better. Yeah, I have such a fondness for the triangle Jedi starfighters that I was yeah. really disappointed to see these. I'm glad they still exist. Uh, the lesser Jedi are still using the triangle ships. So it's it's something that hurts me because I love that opening shot so much. I remember mm-hmm. being really excited in the theater seeing that. But I wish the, the ships looked so so dainty and and awful. I don't know. I'm not a fa- not a fan of that design. But the scene is like exciting as hell. That's how I feel. It's a really yeah. strong opener. Jacob, thoughts on that opening? Yeah, I thought it was really yeah really good. Um, exciting space battle. I don't like the all of the kind of some of the droid stuff. It felt pretty goofy. Where it's like you know R two fighting off you know the oh, buzz buzz dro- droids or whatever they're called. Oh yeah, the buzz droids. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. Um, while we were on the subject of ships, I did want to point out one ship that comes in later that I really like, which is Obi Wan's ship that goes into that like ring thing. Yeah, and that then is fucking the lights, dope. And it the jumps. Yeah. He gets the hyperdrive jump, I guess, with it. Yeah, but it's like a separate yeah. part of the ship, so he just like flies into it, and then that's the hyperdrive part of it or something. But I thought that that was a pretty cool design. Do they do that in Attack of the Clones too? I can't remember if they showed him using his hyperdrive ring in okay. Attack of the Clones. It's the general yeah, yeah, my, Obi-Wan I, adventures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but very cool piece of tech. But yeah, this opening scene, Colin, what are your thoughts? Because I think this is like, it gives you all the shit you want. Look. It's Star Wars, baby. Let's it's go. It's Star Wars, baby. Uh, the CG holds up. I'd be curious about your guys' opinion as well. But the CG holds up. And Mike, I could not help but think about you the entire time about how... It's poetry, it rhymes. You get these great homages to Phantom Menace where you get the Obi-Wan, you know, Qui-Gon going on the ship doing cool Jedi stuff. Instead, you get awesome Anakin, Obi-Wan literally lighting up the lightsabers exactly the same, going up against the droideca droids, getting in an elevator. Like, that's awesome. I did like the the stuff when they're going to uh, rescue Palpatine. Uh, and then you get that great moment with R2 where he uh, lights those droids on no, fire, which not, is pretty that's, crazy. Again, one of the worst moments in Star Wars history up there with C-3PO <laughs> on the battle droid. Oh, man. Well, you know, there's going to be something later on that I think takes the cake as far as things that droids should not do. That's going to be in about five movies. So uh, stay tuned for that. I think there is dumber droid antics to come. Adam, you got any thoughts on this? Well, yeah, the, the droids are being silly from the get-go. Like, the buzz droids are making silly noises. Uh, but but the thing I like most about this, and the thing that I was most excited about, is the Obi-Wan and Anakin chemistry is pretty good. Like, yeah. I, I would watch a, a whole movie of them just doing cool Jedi things. Um, I, I was saying... Uh, I was saying to someone uh, earlier this week that it it kind of it's such a great balance because if you're annoyed by Anakin, so is Obi Wan. So <laughs> you don't have to you know be frustrated because Obi Wan is there to relieve that tension, um, and it it makes the scenes good. Like you have an analog, you could be like, "Shut up, Wesley!" Yeah. When you get annoyed, Adam, with Anakin, do you think they right? kind of yeah. make uh, Obi Wan too much of a prude sometimes? Like sometimes when he's rolling his eyes and going, "Anakin," I'm like, "Ah, oh, come on!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the idea that he hates flying and and is also kind of great at it is like, "Come on, man! You got to enjoy blowing things up with your spaceship and swinging your lightsaber around." Flying you is for droids. I- Right, and here's why I think he hates flying. 
You know, he says he doesn't remember having a droid because his droid got murdered during a flight mission, and I think he's oh, no. buried it deep down inside. <laughs> that is R4, true. Yeah, he gets his rest in peace. Whole yeah. dome ripped off. Yeah, yeah. But very strong opening. Yeah, and they're here to rescue Palpatine, Colin. They're here to rescue Palpatine from, uh, yeah. of course, Count Dooku. So we're about to get him wrapped up from the last scene. Uh, or from the last film. And we talked a little bit in that film about dual wielding lightsabers, how cool that looked. What do you guys feel about this execution scene? <laughs> Jacob, what, do you enjoy watching an old man get his hands cut <laughs> off before he's just like uh, broken apart? <laughs> actually, yes, Colin, I do. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the uh, Once we get Palpatine telling him. Yeah, because you get the great dynamics of... You get Palpatine sitting there, and he's not really letting his Emperor persona out yet, but then when Obi-Wan gets knocked out, yeah, that little bit of Emperor comes out, and um, it's just a great scene. And Anakin, you see, fucking cuts off Dooku's hands, and there's like this almost like a horror movie sound effect when that happens. It's like, oh shit. It's like... I couldn't imagine if I was like a like a nine to eleven year old kid watching that movie, and all of a sudden this guy's getting his hands cut off. Like that would kind of traumatize me. And then he has him in the double blades and do it, and then he executes yeah. him. I mean, that's a great scene. It's a great scene. Yeah, I, I watched this movie with my girlfriend who had never seen it before, Ooh. and it uh, elicited an appropriate reaction from her. Uh, she gasped and then gasped again when the head came off. <laughs> And they don't hold back. Uh, and also, I, you know, you guys may not like Dooku as much, uh, but I really like uh, Christopher Lee just as an actor. So to see him in this role, like he's not a ama- like Dooku, nothing really special about him as a character, but it's nice to see him in this role, I think. He does a good job with what he's given. Yeah. You know, when he's double the pride, double the fall. Yeah, he had some like, good lines. He, he's good. And I think yeah, I yeah, also I like liked his um, lightsaber action in this movie better than Attack of the Clones. His flip over that railing, though, I remember even the first night I saw it being like, that looks bad. That <laughs> yeah. looks like a video game. <laughs> that did look bad, but I think a lot of the Jedi flips and jumps and stuff in the whole prequels trilogy looks very bad and fake. So, Oh, yeah, wait yeah. till we get the Emperor Yoda fight. Oh, yeah. 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 A lot of the choreography in this scene is kind of reminiscent of, um, I think, the fight in Return of the Jedi, because Vader does a backflip in that. It might be Empire. I'm trying to, I might get them mixed right now. But, like, Vader does a backflip, the kind of dollying from right to left with them clashing swords. Right. It's like kind of homages to, the, to those other fights in this, which I kind of appreciate. What about that part where Obi-Wan just runs up a staircase while droids shoot at him for three or four seconds and he has no reaction to them until he cuts them in half? <laughs> that tells me that they might not have been real robots. He may I, have been swinging Mike, at nothing. Mike, I know Obi-Wan's your favorite character on this. You're, you're going to feel yes. a little personally attacked this episode because I'm going to be taking it out on Obi-Wan. This is another episode where I feel like now. he's just not like putting it together the most <laughs> like right. we'll get to it but that scene at the end where padme is confronting anakin and he's just peter pan posing on the ship watching it happen i'm like dude he's about to kill her get the fuck down there is this a good time to come out or should i should i stay on the ship <laughs> yeah well uh, you could you could come after him but i will defend my my uh obi-wan how about when he so he gets knocked out during the fight and then yeah 
you know, Anakin saves him and then he wakes up when they're in the elevator shaft and he's like, oh, did I miss anything? On his back. <laughs> don't forget. Class. On his back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, maybe Anakin used the Force to keep him subdued, you know, so that he could process his feelings about having killed killed a man before Obi Wan could sense it, you know? <laughs> or maybe Palpatine, you know, could be keeping him asleep. So this scene, like this, you know, they they're fighting Dooku. We have the do it execution, and then I think like the end sequence of this, where they confront um, Grievous, and then. They actually have to crash land the alien spaceship, which like that's a very exciting opening sequence. You get a space battle, a lightsaber battle, and then a crash landing. Yes. Another happy landing. Yeah, I think that whole the whole beginning sequence through all of that is is really good stuff. Do you guys like that moment like Star where Wars. Uh, Anakin's doing the like I think we should use patience. And I guess we're supposed to think like, oh, he's grown as a character, even though he's always just been kind of like a dick <laughs> and he's kind of just like still an anxious <laughs> dick. <laughs> Uh, well, I do like that um, you can see that he still has some of his humanity left because so Palpatine asks him to kill Dooku. He does that. But then Palpatine wants to leave Obi-Wan. And then he's like, no, our, his fate will be the same as ours. So you can still see he's clinging to his light side just a little bit at that point. He's not all the way there yet. Though I think that's being a bad Jedi because I believe if Obi-Wan were awake you'd be like hey remember how this whole mission and this giant battle like is about saving or i I guess we don't know that the battle i guess the clone wars cartoon show set up that the battle was a distraction to abduct palpatine anyway i'm just saying obi-wan would be like save the emperor or sorry save uh, (laughs) save the (laughs) chancellor adam you bring up a great point that i want to track through this entire episode of what was palpatine's ultimate plan because in this moment just to catch it up he's kind of betraying the trade federation he's setting up dooku for the fall is that because he was always going to do that and he sees anakin as a better student or is it truly just him making something out of nothing I mean, that's my my best guess is that he's. It's just a moment he needs to turn Anakin. That's how I've always felt. Yeah, I think he was always planning to kill Dooku to replace him with Anakin, and to have Not Anakin taking because on like, a student who's you know, like ninety years old—that's insane. <laughs> right, but again, you know, it's it it's like poetry. You know, he in the original series he wants Luke to kill Vader to take over Vader's spot. So it's the same thing. You know, it rhymes. He just wants the the newest, hottest model off the line. That's right. You know who's next, Ray or Kylo? We'll find out. <laughs> um, I think it's just like it's there's the layers. The layering's weird because what does Grievous know? Because I assume he told Grievous to kidnap the Chancellor, so Grievous presumably doesn't know that Palpatine is the Emperor, right? Yeah, Dooku right. might presumably. So it's it. So like what? What do the you? The Trade Federation like, doesn't know that. So yeah. So yeah, you want Grievous? He's in the dark. My evidence for what you're saying being true, Mike, is that whenever you see a hologram where any of these characters you just mentioned are seeing Palpatine, he's still shrouded. You know, he's not giving up his identity at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have ordered Grievous, "Hey, kidnap me, bro," and then like Dooku might know that that was the plan. You know, I don't know. I don't know who knows what. I think what Dooku, does Dooku tell Grievous. Dooku obviously knows Palpatine is Sith Lord, but Dooku didn't know that he was going to betray him, but he should have because obviously Sith are always going to betray people. So that seems kind of obvious. 
He was a Jedi, so he would be aware of who was in the government, of course. Yeah. And I guess he would he wouldn't know. But if we're talking about Grievous, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so um specifically who is he and where did he come from and why don't they explain any of that in the movie uh i understand you know i could watch the clone wars show and probably get those answers but you can't make a blockbuster movie and expect people to know who who they are you know like in this robot just comes in he's like coughing and i'm like why is a robot (laughs) coughing i know he has some kind of like um you know organs and stuff like uh human not human but like some kind of living organs in him right uh, but yeah, I just have a million questions about Grievous. That's the that's the title of the unreleased Jay Z album. <laughs> a million questions about Grievous. Well, I think how about this? You know, we've crash landed the ship, and I think now it's time to regroup at the Jedi Temple, and we'll be back on the other side talking more Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so, uh, you know, someone could explain Grievous to me because I'm still, you know, confused. You said droid. Uh, this entire uh, time watching this, Jacob, I was on Jacob's favorite alien hunt. And I was like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then in my mind, I was like, would Grievous qualify? Well, I understand he's, he's some kind of mixture between a droid and like a living being, right? Because I know he has like living eyes underneath his... Mm-hmm. But, like, who is he? Um, I, seriously, I seriously want to know. I don't know. My understanding, and it's been a while since I read the lore, was that he was a warrior from, you know, an alien planet. And these implants were designed to make him a better warrior. So all of this that's been attached to him was all an effort to make him, like, an ultimate fighter. And it came came at the cost of him being you know his what's left of him organically being bad so you know uh, he is the perfect example of being more machine than man huh yeah the, there was a version that i saw too where he was a warrior and he was in like an explosion and then to save him because he was part of like the like uh the separatist forces or whatever uh-huh. they like they kept him in like a tank in like with a midichlorian tank or something oh. And, like, they gave him, like, an organ transplant. They could only survive, like, you know, his brain and, like, his central nervous system. And then they put that in the robot body. Um, So this is, like, why I'm confused. It's, like, why would they introduce this character in the third movie in a trilogy and then not ever, like, explain who he is in the movie? What is so hard to understand Um, about a a robot that comes up (laughs) coughing, wearing a cape, who's, like, very sick, has a bunch of uh, (laughs) robot bodyguards and turbans that hold things we've never seen before that deflect Jedis? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The toys are cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's got a, makes a sweet cup topper. (laughs) I just think it's weird. I, I, and his whole, yeah, like, his whole entrance where he comes in coughing, and it's, like, that's not a that's not like an intimidating effort, uh, entrance to have your villain come in like coughing like he has lung cancer or something. Well, we have the death sticks in Attack of the Clones. Uh, um, too many death sticks. Darth Vader, clearly an asthmatic, yeah. 
And then now we have Grievous, who's just got the black lung paw. So I think it's all a subtly George Lucas's anti-smoking stance leaking into his uh, art, where all the villains have to cough or not breathe good. <laughs> I think Grievous would look so cool puffing on a death stick. Uh, I don't I know where he would smoke it from. <laughs> <laughs> Big vapes. He's just a vape bot. Vape droid. Check out this monster four, cloud. Four arms to hold his vapes with. Yeah, he pulls out four vapes. <laughs> Smokescreen. Um, do you guys like uh, yes. the battle later with him where he's just windmilling? Is that cool? Uh, it's cool that, like the first time he does it to like intimidate uh, Obi-Wan, like when the blades are like going on the ground and stuff. Like that's a cool moment, but the fight itself I don't think was super great. And then well, we'll get to it, but the the way he dies I also think is really bad and like yeah. It's great. It's great. We'll talk about it, yeah. Um, but yeah, Grievous Colin would not make my uh, favorite uh, alien of the movie, <laughs> I don't think. Is it the white things on his don't have planet? A fan club the, for this the one? weird vampires. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't like those. I didn't guys like either. those guys either. <laughs> I like them a lot. <laughs> boom, boom, I think Mike. it's got to be Obi Wan's lizard bird mount. No. <laughs> Five dollars, any listener who knows what that's called. Just, just kidding. Um, so let's go, let's run through the beats then, right? So we we meet Grievous, the coughing uh, robot. Uh, they have he makes an escape as he always he's he's want to do. He flies out into the vacuum of space, but he's a robot, so he's fine. And then a crash land the ship on a landing back, uh, strip while taking out a comms tower, presumably full of <laughs> civilians. Hopefully they evacuated. He's a hero, Adam. It's real Superman. Return. I just want to know: Does that ship have landing gear? <laughs> does it? <laughs> Right, I mean, because yeah, things can take off vertically in this universe. Yeah, I but presume, it's like right? a so why do you need satellite a almost? Strip? Yeah, I guess you're right, though. I don't know. Everything just takes off vertically, like a Harry. Well, maybe so. for the bigger, like the the giant ships that they have, they need more room or something. Mm-hmm. You might not even be able to build those in atmosphere. I think that's something they talked about in Solo. Mm-hmm. Is like you kind of have to build these giant ships out of atmosphere. Unless anyway. you're in Rogue One, and then you can just hover over a city. Oh yeah, so I forgot. I about guess what that. I'm saying is the logic <laughs> of these giant ships doesn't track across the Star Wars <laughs> movies. That's yeah. That's uh, you know, there's a lot of plot holes that I think we can bring up, especially by the time we get to the end of this. There's some robots oh, sure. who should be remembering stuff. But um, so where do we go from here? Because essentially we get they're hanging um, out at the Jedi Temple, right? To, you know, you get the reintroduction to everybody. You get the taste of like, oh, Anakin's married to uh to the princess secretly, to Amidala, right? but they're not talking about it. You get Obi Wan like uh, in perfect meme territory, <laughs> where he's just sort of like hanging out, being a cool bro. And then we get on to like, all right, well, we need to find Grievous because that'll end the war, you know, and then they send Obi-Wan on that mission. And then for some reason, Anakin's just staying home. Well, talking to yeah, Chancellor exactly. Palpatine. We get some political intrigue there because before Obi-Wan's sent away, we get some drama where, look, Anakin wants to be granted the rank of master guys. As we pointed out at top, he master? is obsessed with the idea of masters. And if he is not one, he will lose his mind. So, somehow, the Senate steps up that uh, they need a person on the council who represents them on the Jedi Council. And, of course, Palpatine Palpatine, chooses Anakin. Yep, that's right. But he can sit on the council, but he is not given the rank of master. So now you're master in name only. We'll call him Mino. (laughs) 
from now on. So this is my problem with the Jedi. This whole time, the Jedi is basically setting up Anakin to turn to the dark side because they're not, uh, you know, kind of doing what he wants, but they're not really even giving him any concessions. They're always just keeping at arm's length saying, oh, we sense a lot of fear in you. We don't trust you, blah, blah, blah. It seems like the Jedi, they're very wise, but they're not very intelligent, you know? And it seems like Anakin's whole turn could have been averted if they just kind of accepted him a little more. That's That's my take. It's one of my favorite things about this movie is that it does present the Jedi in this light of like, oh, they're flawed and they really screwed things up. So when later you see, you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan in exile and they're kind of like, apologetic and sad it's like oh yeah you guys legitimately did kind of destroy the republic <laughs> right and then you have <laughs> right. palpatine on the other hand and he and they're essentially playing right into his plan and palpatine can see that and he is the one who accepts anakin and gets him to trust him and that's you know what causes this whole turn so you know the light side might not be so great. Maybe the dark side is. Uh, it's the fucking gaslighting side, is what I would call it, Jacob. Just this fucking little green toad <laughs> yeah, sitting right? in a chair, being like, "You're the special one, but never sit with us." You will. It's like, oh, you little fucking right. piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you got your cool uncle who's just like, "Hey, man, you want to go to the theme park and get tattoos?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I'll teach you, you know, how Adults to." just don't get it. I'll teach you to great life blah 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 teach you oh, how not to get you. there of course anakin starts having bad dreams where he's like i'm pretty positive padme's gonna die padme says yo what up there's a baby in this oven and uh as anakin's doing some bodyguard missions we get that we get that taste jacob we get this man at a bubble opera saying oh have you heard the tale of darth Plagueis the wise Classic, classic. You're not doing it just. And I can't, and I won't. Uh, So let's just talk meme territory real quick, guys. I've seen shirts. I've seen paintings. um, This is probably, I mean, you know, can you make a comment that's even close to saying something like this without people doing a chain of comments beneath it telling you the entire story? Adam, is this your experience on the internet? Um, I, I mean, I've only seen it in passing on the internet, but I did read the, the Palpatine novel. Um, oh, whoa. Or oh, I, wow. I listened to the audiobook, and my memory is awful, awful. So I, I don't remember that much about it, but yeah, yeah, I, I see that, I see that floating around on the internet. And part of me is a little bit hurt because I get, I get where, why it's memeable. But also, it's maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Thank you. I, it is a wow. great speech. I think the re- the reason why it's funny as a meme is just the the length of it. So the length getting posted as a meme is what makes it funny to me. Uh, but it is legit a great scene and a great speech. I mean, it's super melodrama and cheesy, but I love watching that actor play cheesy melodrama. Yeah. It's very entertaining to me. Yeah. The entire time we watched that, my girlfriend was just like, no, no, he's bad. Like, <laughs> so he's obviously. good at being bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm Obi-Wan is my favorite thing about these prequels, but the his foil, right? The exact uh, the balance to that is Palpatine. I think the Emperor is like the MVP, especially of this movie. Oh, my God. He just loves being evil so much. Like, he has a goal that he's working towards. Like, 
sometimes it feels like Obi-Wan is just doing the thing because the script needs him to. But Palpatine is like working towards a goal. Like he's kind of the engine of the plot. He's great. Yeah, Mike, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, Palpatine, MVP of this movie. Ian McDiarmid, I think, does a great job. Um, And yeah, he's just he's just so evil and he's so good at manipulating people and he can be he can get you on his side and then do it and just turns, you know, it's great. It's almost like he's embracing camp more than anybody else. You almost feel like he's telling George Lucas. He knows exactly. You almost feel like he's coming to him and being like, make my eyes look crazier after I go insane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll yell all <laughs> the best line of the movie. What are we saying? I lo- of course. He is after power. That makes a lot of sense, Ian. I think we should uh, go ahead. And <laughs> I always preferred the uh, no, 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 no. You have lost. You will die. It's, uh, guys, it's so good. <laughs> I love that. I sheave. Give me more sheave. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you will. So, can we break down the speech, though, real quick yeah. that he's talking about? Do you guys believe, of course, the theories that he is the apprentice he is mentioning, right? That is the implication. That's, yeah, I think that makes sense. He, that's what I remember yeah. reading. I, I remember it so terribly that I don't even remember if it actually was Darth Plagueis or not. But I, I believe that was the plot of the novel. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that that's the canon explanation if you pulled up the old Wikipedia. Um, yeah, it's heavily implied that he was the student of Plagueis and killed him. And then. My you know. other theory, Colin, I'll see what you think of this, is that Palpatine is putting visions of Padme dying into Anakin's mind when he dreams and causing Anakin to be more paranoid and fearful for her life. What do you think about wow, that? Wow, I had never considered that. Um, I was trying to think like the entire time of the Skywalkers that use future sight, right? Like Luke says to Yoda, I had visions of my friends dying. He he does have a taste for it. So I don't know why Anakin wouldn't right. be able True. to, but the Emperor I could see definitely. Well, you know, doing we do that. see The Emperor is also vying for Luke later. So yeah. if he had targeted the Skywalkers, I, I, that's well, an interesting I, way to look at it. The vision does come true. Like it's almost right shot for shot what happens but i think what happened is that by envisioning that he caused it to happen because so first of all he sees visions of his mom in attack of the clones right and there's also the theory that dooku had um his mom kidnapped by the tuscan raiders um but so maybe palpatine knows that yeah and so maybe palpatine knows that he had those visions of his mother so then he uses that knowledge he gives him visions of padme and by doing that basically if Anakin didn't have those visions, Padme wouldn't have died. But because of that, he almost causes her own death because it leads to a whole chain reaction of events. I think it's a good theory, and I think you could be right. I just think it's interesting that Palpatine gave him the visions with the exact same lighting and costume choices <laughs> that happened well. in real life. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he saw the future. <laughs> Mike, do you think there's a... His attention to detail is impeccable. Mike, do you think there's a causal paradox then in, in, in these films that's almost Terminator-esque, like Jacob's saying? I don't know if I agree with that, but it's interesting. I don't think I agree with that. It's interesting because I also heard like... Um, and we'll, we'll talk about it later, but um, there's another interesting theory towards the end of the movie with Palpatine. But I just think it's like a thing. You just sense kind of things. Um Luke had the dreams. Anakin just has the dreams. I think they just have a little bit of a right, but clairvoyance. But Anakin being fearful leads him to turn to the dark side, which leads 
him right. to be- betray Padme, which leads Padme to die of a broken heart. So if he didn't turn to the dark side, she <laughs> wouldn't have died. But his fear of loss, right. But like the vision could still be his real dream. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm convinced that Palpatine gave it to him. But yeah, you're exactly right. His fear of losing causes him to try to hold on so tight that it slips right, right through his fingers. Tales old as time. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Leads to anger. Leads to the dark side. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's this Palpatine side. He's spending the entire kind of the mid, the middle section of the movie is trying to turn Anakin. It's just to the us dark watching side. him get He's boxed out. Way. Oh, they won't let me have the seat. Oh, they don't believe me. Oh, they want me to spy on my best friend, who's like a super old guy, who's the president of the world or something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I guess the only person besides Padme, <laughs> yeah. right, who like believes in him. Yeah, right? I mean, Obi Wan like, could have done a better job of like you know listening to Anakin, but he's off you know, doing his own thing. Yeah. And like, even from the beginning, like, oh, you have really high midichlorians. My name's Qui-Gon Jinn. Come with me. Qui-Gon dies. And then it's like too old to begin the training. Like, so right away, the Jedi order is like, nah, fuck this kid. Right. And then like, he's doing really well. And it's like, no, you're not like a knight. You're not a master. Right. So he's just been constantly getting put down by this order that he's supposed to respect. Right. And that's the other thing is that I think if Qui-Gon, if Qui-Gon doesn't die in Phantom Menace, I don't think Anakin does turn to the dark side because Qui-Gon, not to say Obi-Wan's a bad mentor, but Obi-Wan never wanted to apprentice the kid. He kind of got forced on him. Um, And I feel like Qui-Gon would have been a better mentor for Anakin and kept him on the light side. Well, I mean, as much as I like Obi-Wan, he's uh, had one Padawan and it became the most evil. So he is (laughs) uh, 0 for 1. And he only just became a master (laughs) himself at the end of uh, uh, Phantom Menace. So he wasn't ready to be a dad. Jacob, I would agree that he's got yeah. some held on um, resentment. Like, totally. You can sort of feel it in his character. Yeah, like he almost blames Anakin for Qui-Gon's death. Interesting. I never read that much into it, but there is an interesting... Um, I mean, that's what it all comes to the head is essentially the the conflict between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end. Well, we, right. we never get to see, like, the... Jedi having these super close relationships like even Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship is pretty sterile and I don't know if that's Mm. a function of like as a Jedi you you don't have passion and attachment like so at what point does it become like you're just kind of mindless or one with the force doing its will versus like you have no support system and you still have a human or alien psychology that requires some friendship and an outlet to talk crap about the Jedi to someone who's not a Jedi. Right. You know, clearly Anakin mm. has time to go hang out with Padme. So Jedi do have free time. Yeah. Um, that's always been weird to me. Uh, yeah. They really hammer I, I home feeling... though, like they're police officers in this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think so like Obi-Wan at the end, you know, he says you were like a brother to me. Notice he says brother, not, you know, father, son, Qui-Gon was a father figure to Anakin and Phantom Menace, but Obi-Wan sees Anakin and more as a little brother, not a father, son relationship. But he should have been the father. When that moment happened, Jacob, and in my mind, I was like, he doesn't say you're like a son to me. You're like a brother to me, Anakin. And before with Natalie Portman, he even says he's like, well, no, or no, he says to Yoda, no, no, I can't go kill him. He's like a brother to me. It's like, no, he should be like a son to you. I won't do it. Because Qui-Gon was the father figure and Obi-Wan's like the older brother and then Anakin's the younger brother. And then the dad dies and then the, un- the older brother has to take care of the younger brother. 
Just like Dairy and Pony Boy. Yeah. Oh, know, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Anakin being tied up, they eventually ask him to spy. Um, and that's like you get Ian McDermott, like, they asked you to do something that made you feel dishonest. Right, once again, and playing like, right in your so plans ahead of the game. Jedi are so, right. like, they're so blind to what's going on. They're playing right into Palpatine's hands. That's why he's the best. But there's a then we can kind of look at so we know where Anakin's going because basically it's like a sitcom we have the A plot, plot and the B plot and they're gonna come together at the end here, so we can take a look over at the B plot which is, is going to be the Obi Wan adventures segment which is chasing down Grievous on Utapau and uh, kind of that whole scenario. Right, that's right. So let's uh, maybe take another little pause here and we'll go to Utapau. We got Utapau, yeah, Dracula guys. I'm all for them. I'm all for Obi Wan Adventures. We get a classic hello there, right? Hell yeah! And another confrontation with uh, the old, the old Grievous. Yeah. This is the highlights for me, man. I, it's a pretty good scene. I like when he falls and then he scutters away, like on his four, like his other legs come down. He just kind of scoots away, like a little insect. No, mm-hmm. you didn't like that, Con? That's rough. Yeah. When he gets on the motorcycle, I'm like, hell yeah! But when he was Spider Man, I was like, uh oh. Oh, he does a little front flip when he gets in the, the motorcycle thing, yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I think with this movie, everything's cool, but then they can take it a little too yeah. far. I, Mike, right? you're so like, right. I think when you get to lizard, when you get to lizard and motorcycle, we're maybe getting excessive. And the last battle, we'll talk but more there, but it's like they can every do Every moment, you're just like, that's then cool. They do it. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's like I never feel very judgmental about what's happening in it because I'm always like, yeah, all right. The, the thing that sweet. takes me out of it even more than Grievous not being able to win a lightsaber fight with four arms and lightsabers is Obi-Wan dropping down to fight this coward, presumably, and and there are just hundreds and hundreds of battle droids. Like, I guess later on, we it's established that they have a history through, like, the Clone Wars TV show. So maybe mm-hmm. he knows there's some sense of honor that he's at least going to give him a fair fight. But from what I know about Grievous in the movie so far, Obi-Wan, don't jump down there, man. Because yeah, it's if, very uh, reckless. You're going to get shot. Yeah. Very reckless move, but. But that's what makes it cool, it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's a loose cannon. It is cool. <laughs> It is cool, yeah. And Grievous has to say, like, I'll deal with him myself. And, like, back his right, boys yeah. off, you know? So, without that, Obi-Wan, you did. <laughs> Do you guys so. think the Jedi I'm, have been trained to face that many lightsabers at once? Well, he's the master of uh, the fourth form of lightsaber combat, uh, Colin. How I can't remember you. the name of it. But it's known as a very defensive oh. style. So, he's able to... Uh, he was a master. He was the master of that form. And he had fought Duke uh, Grievous many times, so he was able to kind of manage that many different lightsabers at once as an opponent. It does seem uh, it does seem easier for him to cut off Grievous's hands than it is in most lightsaber fights. Like he cuts off two of his four hands uh, in that fight, 
And if you can do that, then why wouldn't people always be trying to do that when they fought, you know? That is a form too. It's it's strictly focused around cutting off of hands, and I'm not <laughs> really? kidding. That's like one of those schools of like I'm not <laughs> fucking well, surprised. Also, I would do. If Grievous didn't start out with four hands in life, you know, maybe his you know his brain isn't fully adapted to like, oh, I have full autonomy with all four arms at once. You know, maybe his brain oh, can only really control two while the other two are helicoptering around. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he does that <laughs> dumb move. He's like, okay, yeah. spin. <laughs> <laughs> spin and then okay we're, we're trick. yeah it's like learning to play the drums uh, <laughs> nice nice reference so I, I like this fight I mean it is a little short like when he first turns on the, the fan blades it's pretty wild right I like that yeah I um, like that moment. his arms separate and it yeah. almost looks like stop motion I always thought that was kind of cool yeah yeah it's, I don't know anything about this guy but yeah he looks cool <laughs> yeah you know four arms like I could get with it you know uh, chase scene with a lizard and a motorcycle. You know, George oh, Lucas, man. he loves uh, technology versus nature. <laughs> it's kind of like poetry. They rhyme. Boo. Uh, so we get to see nature versus technology again. One of his favorite themes from Naboo to the Ewoks. So. Very true. Very true. But how does he kill him, Jacob? Well, this is a great scene that, that Mike and I both love <laughs> that you pointed out to me uh, before I rewatched. And then I, and I just cracked up laughing when I saw it. And before you describe it. This, what Jacob's going to describe, is why Obi-Wan is the MVP of all Star Wars. It's so yeah, so he's, he's hanging over that ledge, right? He has a blaster, so he shoots Grievous with the blaster a few times, causing a giant fire within Grievous, which extends from his stomach up into his uh, head, and a fire shoots out of his eyes, and he dies, right? And then Obi-Wan gets up, he puts the, lights, he puts the uh, blaster down on the ground, gets up off the ledge, picks up the blaster again, walks a couple steps, says, so uncivilized, and tosses the blaster away. So he put the blaster down to get up off of the ledge and then picked it up again just to do that joke. And no one's around him. He did that for him. That's for me. Because he deserved it. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that, that's my favorite part, maybe besides the dark He play, screams the while the fire's shooting out of him. You like watch his heart <laughs> melt in his brain. Like it's so crazy. Yeah. All that vape juice is just explosive. <laughs> just, it was that vitamin E stuff. Yeah, it just Popcorn fucking lung. exploded. <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree. Oh, uh, that's the, the grievous death is too over the top for me. I didn't like it that much. Um it's not the most over the top in this movie. No, though. that's true. <laughs> when I saw it as a you know as a younger child, I uh, I thought it was so cool. I love getting to see Obi Wan shoot a gun. Come on, man, that is dope. It's so rad. uncivilized. He hates flying. He hates blasters. He has to use them. It is anyway. it is nice to see Obi Wan give that that beast a little pat on the head. You know, he's oh, like, I did like I that, like yeah. animals more than guys. Than come ships. on. <laughs> so I, I, I don't want to like jump, yeah. but if we can just stay with Obi-Wan, we get the Order 66, right? Yeah. So Cody turns on him. And then do you guys like, like, would the thing you would decide to do before you get turned on be to get on that bird thing? Like, well, I got to scale that wall up there. I'll be back. And then they fire that cannon at him. I just had all these nightmares of like being in Obi-Wan's perspective of like, just being on something you can't... Have you ever been on a horse that's just like climbing up rocks where you're like, oh, I'm about to fucking die? <laughs> yeah. It sounds terrifying. And I think that's and uh, that, that part is, is especially sad too because when he falls into the water, it really seems like his like 
lizard monster dies because you see Obi-Wan get Bites out of the water, it. but you never see that lizard monster again. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, they're non-amphibious. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. Broke I it every time I watch this movie, I look for evidence that the lizard survived. <laughs> Have no, you found but this time, oh. this time I did think that the cannon blast definitely didn't give him a direct hit. No, it misses for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. just on the wall below yeah. them. Did Cody pull it on purpose? Oh, did Cody pull the trigger? I guess would be the real because he just says blast him, so oh, it might not yeah. have been him on the trigger. But um, and then you get I like Cody from the Clone Wars. Yeah, and then you get but, that montage of all the different Jedi dying. Um, you see Plo Koon, you see Kiati Mundi, and who else? A- Ayla Se- who dies on Ayla Sakura? Is that her name? Oh, Whoa, yeah. great pole. I was trying to think while I was yeah. watching that scene and looking at her blue, crazy Twi'lek body, I was like, can I name any female Jedi? And no, other than Rey, I guess I can. I'm not Sir sure Katana. I would call her a Jedi. Shakti? Uh, Shakti, who Shakti. has a, a cut death scene from this Ahsoka- movie? Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano, for sure. Yeah, but she's not in any of the films. Yaddle. Yaddle, Yaddle. Yaddle who we all very recently uh, found out we all have a crush on. <laughs> so, uh, normies, <laughs> look up a picture of Yaddle if you haven't. <laughs> she sits on the council only in the Phantom I, Menace. I was yeah, what so happened? into all of these Jedi, though, because, you know, after a- Attack of the Clones, I really latched on to to all of that Jedi stuff. I thought the Jedi at Geonosis were cool. I was at the Hell right yeah. age. All my friends obsessed over it. So I was kind of uh, surprised watching this movie that Order 66 still gets me in the feels. Like, watching Plo Koon go down in his ship... It's Everyone rough. just getting slaughtered. It's it's kind of badass. Yeah, yeah. And I am I'm a Plo Koon fan, you know, because from Jedi power battles and stuff. Like he had a yellow lightsaber at that point. I'm like, this guy's awesome. I've never seen a yellow lightsaber. I like Plo Koon a lot. You see a lot of those other Jedi, and I thought it was interesting that they could just use kind of one scene to show all these different planets that you get to explore, like in the Battlefront games. But it was like the imagery was like so strong. Like I got to give George credit. Like there's a snow planet, Felucia. The, the sky world, almost like um, Bespin, uh, where Plo Koon right. gets wrecked. I mean, it was, it was well, pretty awesome. Mundi's how about the best one, I believe? Awesome. Ooh, Kamina. Kiati Mundi's I, I can't remember. That how about the best yeah. one, Kashyyyk, where our little buddy Yoda bumps into somebody that uh, he says when he leaves, <laughs> I'll miss you most of all, Chewbacca, <laughs> as if he's, wiz- as if he's yeah. fucking Dorothy <laughs> from Wizard of the Oz. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they really didn't need to make Yoda know Chewbacca personally. That's pretty unnecessary in terms of fan service, I feel like, but they never cross paths again in the, yeah. in the other films. Yeah. Spoiler. And Chewbacca yeah. never says anything to Han, like, hey, I know this Guys, guy. He was like, Can you imagine Luke training on Dagobah and Empire being like, oh, I gotta get back to save my buddy Han and Chewbacca? And he goes, Chewbacca? <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. And you're like, there. What? You know the fucking bear that I hang out with? <laughs> I think I think what's more is that Luke dismisses Chewbacca for being a Wookiee so much that he never like oh yeah you fought in the Clone Wars like he never learns that Chewbacca like fought alongside Jedi you would think you would think a Wookiee would talk about that at some point well and this is yeah. strange because we have the points of canon now from beyond collected stories so let's look at this guys goes from being a general on Kashyyyk in the Clone Wars to being held captive mm-hmm. in Solo 
to being a, on the run with Han Solo. And presumably eating right. people in, in Solo. That was implied, yes. Just to survive, but he it implied that he ate human flesh. But he had to. He's kind yeah, of forced to by the Empire. Tough times. So, yeah, war general to an imprisoned to a uh, rebel. Prisoner of war. And he knew Yoda. So, yeah, he, his importance. And then even in the new films, not to go too much into it, but Finn is constantly like, you can talk to that thing? Yeah. Like, he's also dismissing <laughs> Chewbacca, a great war hero, as nobody. <laughs> thing. He got a thing. He, he didn't get a medal, I guess. They probably wrote yeah, him Yeah, they didn't give him a medal and a new hope. You never catch a I break. served People in the Clone now, Wars. Now and everybody's like, what's that bear shoot? saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's like, I know Yoda. Like, I did like homie. that moment with Yoda when he's like, goodbye, Snuffles. Goodbye, <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> it's Star. Other one. Tarful. Adam, thank you. Yeah, when I was watching, I was trying to memorize. I was like, bring it to the podcast that you know what the other Wookiee's name is. Try so hard, Colin. But I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Tarful was in my was sealed into my brain by merchandising. That is uh, that is the power of Lucas merchandise. <laughs> And I think that's like a lot of like, yeah, why does Grievous have a motorcycle? Because it's a sweet toy. Why does Obi-Wan get on a lizard? Because it's right. a toy. Totally. <laughs> Who is Charful? Did you guys like toy? watching Yoda decapitate two of those guys? It's like you they just turned on you and you're using your force sensitivity to see what's happening all over the world. You probably know that they were set up to do this, but you fucking stone cold killed both those guys by decapitating them. <laughs> Yeah, Obi-Wan too, like, is very quick to just start murdering clones when they pretty much have no free will to do what they're doing, but, you know, it's a, tra- it, it's a tragedy. It's a nice release after you watch the death of all these characters, you know, there's this, if you can suspend your disbelief enough to be like, oh, maybe Yoda's mm-hmm. gonna get it, nah, man, he just slays him, and the Wookiees are immediately like, okay! <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. they were bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they came after Yoda. He's green. We like trees. Yeah, get him. Um, so maybe then we have Order 66, you know, famous uh, moment in Star Wars history, probably one of the most famous. But what's going on on the other side of the galaxy? How do we get to this? How did this order get executed, right? We get uh, basically Anakin asks a spy on Palpatine, goes and tells Mace Windu, hey. I think this guy could be the Sith Lord. He's telling me about Darth Plagueis. <laughs> he told yeah. me I have a feeling he was the Sith Lord. I mean, at some point, Anakin just says, "You're the Sith Lord," and he's kind of like, "Mm-hmm." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. as if he's Are just saying, "Like, kill Are me? you my grandfather?" Well, of course. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, well, Anakin. Yeah, and Anakin also goes back and forth like three times within a short period of time, where he's like, "Okay, I'm going to report you to Mace Windu." Okay, now I've decided I'm going to side with you and, and kill Mace Windu. And it's like, make up your mind. Like, you know, like, why did you tell Mace Windu in the first place? You know? He just wanted to spot on the Jedi Council. But, you know, basically, this leads us up to the confrontation between Mace Windu and Palpatine, right? He's fully revealed that he's the evil baddie. And Mace Windu shows up to his office with a bunch of Jedi to uh, Including put him under arrest. Kit Fisto, Saturn. Uh, mm-hmm. and the other. All right, guy, let me ask you guys was, right now: Would you fall for the spin move? Would he be able to just fucking whip at you like a drill and just get you in the chest? 
Probably. Certainly. I mean, it's, it was pretty unexpected when I saw it in theater. <laughs> no, I, I like, lost I, my I mind. I didn't expect him to pull out a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. He does that corkscrew, like, four rotations. <laughs> like, damn, I didn't know you yeah. could do that. Surprisingly dexterous. I thought Yoda knew how to <laughs> yeah. flip. Try I was anti-Yoda pulling out a lightsaber from the moment I saw it in a theater, but I was definitely down for Palpatine to pull out that lightsaber at that point. I think you're right. Because yeah. he does not use it in the original yeah, trilogy. Right. You know, he, he kind of goes out of his way to call it a Jedi weapon. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's you're not right. really that impressed. I that. But I like seeing him bust I out a red lightsaber. I people saying that Darth Vader was not a Sith Lord. He was a dark Jedi. Because he used a lightsaber. Oh. Well, that's before they developed the lore. Yeah, it was probably before anybody, you know, had I access that, to the though. internet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought that was cool. But mm-hmm. So in that scene, then you get a couple uh, pretty classic lines that have also been memed a lot. It's you just get, the whole uh, movie, Jacob. <laughs> True. <laughs> Anything, Anything with, with the, the emperor, emperor. You get, uh, it's treason then. And then you oh. get, I am the Senate. <laughs> I am the Senate classic. And then he does that little spin and he makes a weird like noise when he does it. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely do that noise. You're going to get all these sound bites. <laughs> if I was that evil, I would make every noise I sure. possibly could. So Mace Windu is basically has him. At bay, like he's got the lightsaber to the well, throat. Well, this is after, though. We didn't even mention he add? just immediately obliterates Sase Ten. Kip Fisto gets a f- few blocks in and then yeah. just yes. falls over kind of backwards. Um, really? Is there yeah. someone else there? Is there another Jedi there? There was there was three there with are, him. Like and two of them four. go down immediately and then Kit Fisto puts up a fight for like a second and then falls backwards. Right. But Sase Ten and Kip Fisto are the two like notable... Yeah. Like name Jedi yeah. that I recognize. There's a guy that looks like a red devil kind of with horns. I Is love that, that guy. Sase Ten. Um, Sase Ten's the one who has the long horns coming down, kind of like hair. Uh, yeah. They point forward, yeah. And Kit Fisto is the Aquaman. But yeah, they do get wrecked. So they don't get Order 66. They got to face down the Emperor and he is... Uh, right. But then you see though. Mace Windu fighting with a lightsaber for the first time. Pulls it out. It's purple. What do we think of that? Well, no, he decapitates oh, right. Jango. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't yeah, had right. a duel. But we right. get to see him in full action with, with Palpatine. And this is where we kind of see that, oh, Palpatine, like, he can put up a pretty good fight with a lightsaber because he's, you know, basically matching with Mace Windu and almost out out fighting Mace Windu until, uh, you know, eventually Mace gets him in a position where all of a sudden he goes into, um, like, weak mode and pretending to be really weak. Oh, Anakin, um, I shit my pants <laughs> again. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just an, another great acting scene from uh, Ian McDiarmid, and then Anakin runs in, right? And Anakin sees mm-hmm. Mace Windu standing over this old, weak, decrepit old man with his lightsaber. And so, of course, what does he do? Uh, well, there's his some, arm. There's cuts some, off a yeah, black man's hand. There's some back and forth <laughs> because Mace Windu screws up, man. Another failure of the Jedi. He's like, I'm going to kill him right now. He's too dangerous. And Anakin at that point is is ready to be like, nah, he's got to stand trial. Like, it, Adam, granted, he is he the totally, corpse. Like, <laughs> I am the corpse. Right. I am the right, corpse. Well, if you think about it, I am the judicial in the beginning, 
Palpatine's like, kill Dooku. And then Anakin's like, no, we should, you know, we should have him stand trial. And he's like, do it. And then he does it. And now he's not willing to kill Palpatine. And the same words where he's too dangerous to be left alive were said by Palpatine and Mace Windu in these two scenes. They're like poetry. They <laughs> flip yeah. and rhyme. I, I think it is It is kind of like an emotionally poignant moment, though, because you have this chance for Anakin to save everything. It's all balanced on this one moment. But Adam, it's I, how it's shot, though. The way his eyes like look up, he looks over, he looks down, he's like sweating. <laughs> it's like you can see George Lucas being like, this is the whole point of everything I've done. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think it is poignant because the Emperor does say, you must choose. Like, it does all hinge Very on true. this coin flip, Adam. I, I never thought about I do that. like it. I just remember it, you know, it gave me some feelings when I was watching it. And I'm a I'm a cold person. I don't get the feels much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Palpatine, <laughs> you know, looks so weak, he tricks him. Anakin. Oh, but hold know, on. Uh, Let's go. Can we just hit up an update on Palpatine's plan real quick, guys? So we talked about uh-huh. just to grand scheme it. He's funding the Trade Federation, who are making droids. He's funding the Republic, which is making clone armies. He's setting them up against each other to do like a false flag where he can take over control of the government. Now he's framing the Jedi. But here, when he's shooting the lightning at Mace Windu and his face is getting all scarred up and I'm getting so weak and it can help mm-hmm. me, help me. Is that all planned? Does he want to look like a frog monster? I feel like that part was maybe more improvised with the whole face changing and everything. He's just kind of kind of rolling with it and it's working out, obviously. Hell yeah, um, it is. <laughs> what I do think is interesting is that he's playing up being weak and stuff. As soon as, um, you know, Anakin turns on Mace Windu, he fucking blasts him with lightning out of the window and screams, power <laughs> unlimited power which kind of gives away your whole oh i'm so weak what thing would you to anakin. say to him and anakin gets on his <laughs> knees afterwards like he's crying and you're like what would you even think in your mind like this old man just screamed unlimited power <laughs> that might be a red flag i feel like anakin at that point would be like oh maybe i've made a huge mistake well i feel like he is just trying to fend off mace windu at that point throwing in a little bit of helplessness like He's still yeah. trying to turn Anakin, but he's running out of time. Like, if I think Anakin hadn't come, Adam, do you think he would have lost to Mace Windu? Yes. I would like to believe so. I think he was I think he was uh, sandbagging. Yeah. I think he was ready to unleash the lightning, but he wanted to appear weak for Anakin so that An- see what choice he would make. Okay. You yeah. know. And based on what Anakin did, he might have tried to weasel his way out or something. I think maybe you're right, Mike, because he hadn't busted out the lightning yet, right? So maybe Mace Windu wasn't expecting the lightning. So he could have pulled that out as like a last chance. Like like if he felt like, oh, no, I'm actually going to lose this battle, he could pull that out if he needed to. Because he turned it up to 11. (laughs) Yeah, he was immediately like, well, I've always got the lightning. (laughs) I've always got the power. (laughs) Yeah, he, he went Super Saiyan 2. By the way, uh, yeah, Mace Windu, the victim of defenestration, that is the act of uh, throwing someone out of a window. Oh, that window that shattered when touched by a lightsaber. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, I don't think those windows are up to code. But Mace Windu gets, what what happens? Anakin cuts uh, Mace Windu's arms off, is that correct? Yeah, he cuts his his, forearm. And then he's thrown out of the window with force lightning. Never to be seen again. Always thought he would show, you know, show up again. 
Uh, that would have been badass. Like if he showed up, he survived Order 66. Yeah. And he shows up with Yoda and Obi-Wan. That would have been pretty badass. I expected that to happen in comic books or a TV show or something. And to my knowledge, it never did. You'd think at this point. Yeah, I don't know if they did because we talked in the Phantom Menace episode that they did bring Darth Maul back canon, but I don't think there's been any uh, mention of the survival of Mace Windu. Mace Windu <laughs> flying out the window. <laughs> Too good. Know. Too good. Classic. Um, but goes out like a badass. But this is where now the Emperor has taken over, and that's why he can say, you know, execute. Yeah, uh, and he, spe- he has this weird resonance underneath his voice. Um, he Chris's eyes are fully Anakin yellow at this Darth point. Vader. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, the the dark nighting ceremony. You know, Lord Vader. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking some UCB classes, and he just uh, pulls Darth Vader out of his head real quick. Yeah, seriously, yeah, where kinda, does that come from? <laughs> well, I do kind of like that they didn't over-explain it. Like, if you compare it to like Solo and how they explain how Han Solo gets his name, it's better in retrospect that but, he just kind of comes up with Vader. I but think. Han Solo is a human name, and Darth Vader <laughs> is like something that is christened, <laughs> like it's right. given to this person at a changing of a, a changing event. Um, right. So it's just kind of interesting that it happens immediately. It's like. Anakin's like, all right, master, you're my new master. The master's so quick when he gets down on his (laughs) knees, Adam. I truly lost my mind watching it this time because I'm like, he must feel so troubled, but he just, the default is servitude. It's like, yeah, I guess this just feels right. Yeah. Yeah, and then Palpatine's like, I already have your name picked out. (laughs) (laughs) And he's Sidious, correct? Darth Sidious versus Darth Vader. Wow. And Dooku was Darth Tyrannus. Here's what I think. I think it's like um, Plagius, Tyrannus, you know, Sidious. He's like, not my son. He's a dope one. name Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where things are going to get really out of control here. So I say let's take one more break. We're going to come back because this climax is going to come to a head. And I think there's some uh, younglings we need to check on. So we'll be right back after this. Anakin. Not the younglings. <laughs> Rise, Vida. And go kill some younglings as your first mission of evil. Now that you're my apprentice, like right out the gate, that's how they're going to do yeah. this thing. Excuse I me. Feel... First day on the job. <laughs> I feel like Anakin's not quite there yet to be like, all right, go kill all those young Jedi. That is like something that you used to be like, um, because Anakin's also his whole purpose for like doing this is like he loves Padme. He loves his unborn child or children that he doesn't know about yet. So why would he all of a sudden be like, all right, I guess I'll go murder all these children because I just turned evil. We should say the yeah, thing that the rush. emperor keeps saying to him, too, is um, this will bring about peace. You know, my rule will bring about a peaceful galaxy. And truly, every last line he gives Anakin mm-hmm. is punctuating that point. So Anakin, in his mind, right. yeah, you're right, Jacob, is like, I'm doing the right thing. On what world is killing children the right thing? He right. also he, says, you'll only be strong enough in the dark side to save your wife after you do this very dark thing. 
Right. But even oh, if you wow. believe that the the you know the Jedi Order is trying to overthrow the Republic, fine, you can kill all the adult Jedi. But obviously, like the kids aren't part of this, right? But immediately, no, he goes in, murders he, them all. Right? He's done it before. He already did it with Tusken Raider children. That's true. That's right, and women. I mean, do you know how uh, you know how lions work, right? If a new male lion takes over the pride, he just immediately goes and starts murdering all of the other children from the previous huh. male lion. So. The law I, of I was a fan just of that move just because Darth Vader was so separate from me. I was like, how do you bridge the gap between this whiny kid and someone that's supposed to be a terror to me uh, on the other side? And when I watched that for the first time in theater, I was like, okay, we're there. He's he's killing children. There are There are mothers in the audience crying right now because I can't think of a lot of movies where people who are presumably heroic are killing children <laughs> inside of it. Yeah, and I have a big problem with like child actors in movies, so I really started rooting for Anakin <laughs> at this point. Like I was all in. They should I'm have like, had okay, Jake Lloyd play one these of these kids. kids. It should have been the main kid who well, comes up and says, <laughs> Master Anakin. Yeah. I was going to say, even the main kid kind of looks like Jake Lloyd. He has blonde hair. kind of looks similar to him, so maybe that was intentional. Maybe. Well, yeah, they really That's had right, to. Yeah. It was really a stretch to get a blonde kid to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. I've never ha- seen um, that before. How do you Not guys like this for his move? I was noticing this because we see it when he comes to the Trade Federation later. Anakin is the only Jedi who walks into a room with his lightsaber in his hand, and that means he is going to kill everyone in that room. Wouldn't you, the minute you see a Jedi just, like, have his lightsaber out, I'd be like, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, let me just have eyes on this guy just in case real Whoa. quick. Well, I mean, what can you really do? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're already at that stage, you're probably not making it out of that room, you know? You're right. Yeah, he does just come in ready <laughs> It's the Rogue go. One. It's like we know why that's he does it. Yeah, exactly. Damn, yeah, he's ready to wreck shit. Um, we get to see George Lucas's son. Uh, he's the one who buys time for Bail Organa. The kid that does the uh, little that? flips. I didn't know that. That's George. I, man, Mike, that's crazy. I This time I was watching that kid, I was like, this is such a yeah. thankless role. This is terrible. It's so <laughs> I, dumb. I was so jealous of that kid when I saw it in the theater. I was like, that right. is the role I want uh, more than anything Adam, else in Star Wars. His Let swings me kill of the flute. lightsabers are pretty far away from what's like actually happening in the action. I think that might be some of the worst graphics in the movie. That's more well, than I'm, Kit I, Fisto I'm saying got. I could do a better job. But <laughs> yeah, on agree. paper, the role is you <laughs> kill a few clone troopers as a kid, and then you get shot. Like... It's pretty rad. To save Jimmy Leia's Smith's yeah. adoptive dad. Change the course of history. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I think every kid would have won. We know we could have done a better job than that kid. And we <laughs> always I'd grow it. my like, rat tail out in a minute. In Star Wars. <laughs> Personally, I would do a better oh, job than Anakin, yeah. I think. I should have been Anakin. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> my name's Jake. You know, I was the master. same age as Jake Lloyd. My name's Jake. Why didn't they just hire me, you know? Oh, Good point. Dang, true. So we get uh, the Order 66. We get the younglings being murdered. Anakin is really going full board to the dark side. Uh, And then Obi-Wan Kenobi comes across the security tapes with Yoda and decides he needs to go talk to Padme. Can we talk about one character who's kind of introduced in the background real quick just for this movie before that? 
We get Natalie Portman looking out at the Jedi Temple. Something terrible is going on. The shiniest C-3PO you've ever seen in your fucking life walks in and goes, oh, I heard Master Anakin's fine. See you later. And then he just walks away. And I was like, what, were you bathing in polish right before this? You look insane. That's right. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. Get out of here. See ya. I'm not programmed for like yeah, emotional Yeah, and when support. he's telling R2-D2 and Empire that Master Luke is probably okay, you can tell that he's trying to like, he knows that's not the case. He's kind of like, ah, I bet he's okay. At this, he's just a dipshit. He's just or, Excuse me, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's yeah. a droid who oh, has man. been dipped in um, some oil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he took that oil bath in the beginning of New Hope, so probably just got to uh, just fresh out of the oil bath, yeah. But yeah, three PO, uh, the shiniest and then he gets he's ever to fly been, a I spaceship. CP throw at the I'm so angry about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Does he fly Padme's yes. ship to take I him totally over? I forgot that pilots the oh ship. Oh my god! And he even has a line in the middle of all this dramatic like stuff he has a line where he says I'm, i think i'm getting the hang of this flying yeah. thing yes <laughs> yes he does <laughs> in oh, the middle of all no. this stuff he, going on. he takes he takes these delta wings out of a drawer in the cockpit and sticks them on his chest <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. but oh sorry so oh, i interrupted no. your point mike because before we get all that information we get yoda and obi-wan teaming up they were the only yeah. survivors of what's going on um you know, uh, we didn't mention this before, but did you guys like Obi-Wan, or not Obi-Wan, Yoda falling without his little robe when he was escaping too? Looking, oh, I'm sorry, this is later when he's fighting Palpatine. I want your opinion then. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, we'll get those But when they're in, in the parallel, Jedi Temple, yeah. this is another moment where you're sort of seeing dumb Obi-Wan because he's like, oh, all the younglings are dead and everybody else is dead. What the fuck's going on? And Yoda's like, <laughs> it's pretty obvious what's going on. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you don't need to watch. He's like, no, I can't believe his eyes. Watch this, but but then he does some technical wizardry because they go back to the temple to scramble the the distress beacon. There's a distress beacon calling all the Jedi to the temple, so they'll get murdered there. And I don't know by who because it seems like the clones are gone and Anakin's gone, but Obi Wan is able to fix the code and and yoda's like it'll take him a long time to figure that out so i've never seen yeah. obi-wan working with computers before hmm what is yeah, the really line he says you mean either. break the no, code up do you Amadella mean and he's like yeah that's what i'll do and i'm like what are you guys <laughs> yeah. even talking about <laughs> which setting the beacon was a smart plan good job palpatine like that's yeah. a clever plan come back to the temple um then we get the famous, uh, we saw security footage of Anakin killing young no. men. He finally realizes that uh, Amidala is pregnant with Anakin's child. Uh, mm-hmm. That's well, a big reveal yeah, of that moment. Yeah. And then he presses her for information on where yeah, he headed. She doesn't right? give it to him. It, it, says she, she doesn't know. So he sneaks aboard her ship. Yeah. See, I was very confused, even when I just rewatched it, the whole, like, okay, I didn't understand that he snuck on a ship. I was like, wait, are Obi-Wan and Padme on the same ship when they land on Mustafar? But I totally missed, like, how Obi-Wan, like, what even happened? Cause, I, I yeah. had never seen it before. Um, my girlfriend said, I saw him. I saw him do it. And I was like, what are you talking about? 
He was like, he just snuck aboard the ship. And I was like, oh, I'd forgotten that. So he huh. stows away, and there's a scene where Obi-Wan like gets in a closet and closes the door. Yeah. Huh, um, I totally missed that. Yeah, and so it's after when Yoda says, "Like, uh, okay, we'll split up." Um, Bail Organa, what do you think? What do you think we should do? And Bail Organa's like, "Well, uh, obviously, the Emperor is still holding Senate meetings because he needs to control the galaxy. He's going to be there." Okay, Yoda says, "Anakin mm-hmm. needs to be tracked down." Obi Wan, you do that. I can't do that. He's like a brother to me. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, Yoda pushes him and says, well, you'll know how to find him. And that's where we get the whole setup of, I can manipulate Padme. Um, Again, you're kind of seeing Obi-Wan do some shady stuff to be like, I'm on a mission here to put down a Sith Lord though. Right. Yeah. I guess that further explains why Anakin, like, was so, like, you're with him? She didn't even know he was there. I do love, this is like, I can't remember how many minutes in, but it's like 40 minutes in to all is lost, just misery. <laughs> like yeah. the, the the last bit yeah. of hope is for Obi Wan to kill Anakin. Like that's that's the best outcome pa- possible at this at this the point. Best which is yeah. a cool place. Yoda to be. literally says to him, "You're not strong enough to fight Palpatine." And if you're Obi Wan, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> like oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, you got to go. So I guess that's kind of where we get the the uh, one of the other most famous scenes, you know, you use confrontation. And, so real you know. quick, guys, I want your thoughts on this because you kind of said it earlier, Mike, and I was feeling it this entire time when he was having these outbursts. I was seeing Kylo Ren. I was seeing his grandson say things like. If we're together, we'll rule the galaxy. Nothing else matters. Um, uh, I think I'll overthrow him. Like, I'll kill the emperor. Like, nothing matters. I will replace him. And you, you see this, like, crazy desperation and, like, grasp mm-hmm. at, like, control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Adam, what do you think about this? It's, like, super iconic, and it's, like, the end of I, the I mean, the I feel like Anakin, played by Adam Driver is a better movie you know i feel like <laughs> a million totally times it's, it's the same character <laughs> i can just believe um i can believe kylo ren's disconnect more like it's kind of clear that he's troubled and confused whereas anakin goes from in a battle situation being a normal human being to in a romance situation being troubled and confused and not like picking up on anyone else's emotions or feelings I love what you just said. Totally. Kylo Ren is isolated. Anakin is surrounded by people who want to support him, but he has a superiority complex. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't even connect I, to his wife, the senator, enough to know that she's not on his side politically. <laughs> like that's crazy right. to not know your senator wife's that's... politics. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I believe he says like at one point I want more, but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> like, like he's aware that he just yeah. wants power, but yeah, to not know your wife's politics when she is a senator, maybe you should have thought that Guys, through before you to got not listen to your wife when she day. says, "Let's run away and listen to our kids or raise our kids together," and he says, "Oh, did, did Obi Wan tell you that?" It's like, dude, fucking <laughs> relax. Yeah, yeah, he's on like full on paranoid yeah. mode by that point. And then the, the surprising thing for me in that scene is that he even chokes Padme, force chokes her, and I'm like. Which is like that the whole crazy. reason you turn to the dark side was to protect her and now you're hurting the thing that you love. Like crazy stuff. Let I do love the fan theory that Luke is Obi-Wan's son 
And I mean, whoa, Obi-Wan does (laughs) seem to have enough of a relationship with Padme that he goes and hangs out with her, not knowing that she's married to Anakin. She like goes and checks in. Uh, But that's true. I thought that was so strange as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind (laughs) of weird that he's hanging around Padme. Uh, And then, yeah, I guess Anakin is just so lost at that point and also so immature. Like, you know, you know what it's like when someone gets broken up with and they're in, you know, 10th grade, like they go bananas. Yeah, true. They might force choke someone. (laughs) And we're back to Peter Pan (laughs) Obi-Wan. Peter Pan Obi-Wan, man. Watching like a (laughs) bastard. But he comes down and intervenes like this is like, you know, only a Sith deals an absolute. Which is an absolute. And, you know? Yeah. <laughs> True. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so how do we do this now, guys? Oh, yeah. So I, guess no, kind of I was going to say, Mike, you're thinking the same thing think- as me. How do you talk about fight versus fight, right? Yeah, we have Yoda and the Emperor uh, in the Senate versus uh, the Obi-Wan Anakin showdown. I think if you pick one, start with Anakin Obi-Wan or start with the Emperor. What do you guys think? Uh, start start with the Emperor, because I, I feel like there's more of a lead up we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we need to get, they show up to the Senate. There's the whole uh, Emperor is addressing everyone, being like, I've been attacked and I'm a victim or whatever. You know, he's, he's yeah. playing his sob Everyone's, story, you know, and like the he, Jedi he are evil. Crazy. He sounds crazy. He's talking about you know having ultimate power and everyone's just like yeah it's into it how dare you adam (laughs) i voted for that guy you can't drag him (laughs) well you know i didn't i never believed that that was plausible until you know recent events where i've you know seen people just be zealots for someone no matter what the case but yeah uh, and you can you can compare (laughs) it to uh germany in the 1930s too i mean Hitler was democratically elected and then just never gave up power, right? So I was going to say, though, happen. if Trump ever stood up in the middle of a meeting and screamed unlimited power, I, I might be switched <laughs> over to his side here, guys. <laughs> right. I mean, his right. eyes look very um, similar. Very similar. <laughs> Got just about as much I hair, I want to see too. Trump in a lightsaber um, fight. I don't, I don't think he would be very good. No, I don't even think he can move. <laughs> Here's this issue I have with uh, the whole Senate and Coruscant in this film is the opening is like, oh, the droids and their army have come to kidnap the Chancellor. There's all this war. But everyone in Coruscant is just acting like business as usual. Like Padme's talking about fixing up the baby's room, not like, let's get out of here. There is freaking constant bombings and war and destruction and we're running out of food, right? Like there's no effect of the war on the central Senate area, which that would really sell the people being like, Yes, please have all the emergency powers because it is getting crazy and we're yeah. getting desperate, right? They needed some more of that in this. Uh, For sure, I feel. I mean, I, I like Coruscant being the the rich center, but surely some of those senators are actually worried about doing their jobs. <laughs> you know, like yeah, right, or have a kid yeah. who's in the army well, or something, right? This they're guy, all clones, has though, at least so I guess it is. Them. It is a pretty disconnected war. It's clones killing robots. So unless you're occupied, yeah, that's true. This is why we got to send our sons to war so that they end. <laughs> what a perfect point! So that I have some stakes in the battle. You're absolutely right, Adam. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I, if I have nothing at stake, then why do I give a shit? Right. That's why you wars know? never yeah. end anymore because we use drones now. That's right. <laughs> Droids. Oh wait, which which ones do we use? So he's giving the speech, and then he goes back down into and his Padme office. Says, right. This is how uh, democracy dies to thunderous applause, or, or mm-hmm. whatever that line is. That's it's right. A good line. I remember yeah. a lot of Super people quoting it after a certain <laughs> election. Yeah. Um, and then Yoda. That's right. Yeah. Yoda walks in on old Sidious. He slams those two royal guard against the wall. Everyone in the theater chill, like cheers. So <laughs> cool, That's Adam. So cool. You get exactly yeah. what you've been saying the entire time, which is Palpatine literally calls out Yoda for being blind. He calls the Jedi blind. He's like, "You've been blinded in your arrogance." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> 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 it's so good. Yoda does something like dust his shoulders off and do like the bring it sign or something cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, I think he does the bring it with his three fingers. It's a kung fu movie. <laughs> They're timeless. And then the emperor once again springs into his, his grimace uh, yeah. move, spin move. And guys, I love for this the fight, faces he makes. <laughs> I don't know. You get some unearned like yeah. three stooges energy from this one, where you're like, "That's a Sam Raimi thing." George Lucas has never been slapstick, so when you get the emperor force pushed back and he falls back first over the chair and the chair falls too and his like skirts above his head i'm like what the fuck is going on in this where's my slide well just the fact that this is like supposed to be like the battle of the titans the strongest jedi versus the strongest sith but it's like an 80 year old man and a little green monster who's also very old And the second time we've had yeah. an 80-year-old man versus it's, a Guys, the geriatrics in space that are fighting little green <laughs> monsters. It's insane. Adam, I said this last week that this was the worst fight than Attack of the Clones with Count Dooku. What's your opinion there? Uh, I th- That this one is worse than the fight with Count Dooku? I think so, because it comes down to just old people throwing things at each other and making goofy faces, opposed to, you know, Yoda does the 360 spins in the attack of the clones yeah. where i'm like well that's at least crazy looking you know i i would agree with you except that part of me part of my heart broke when yoda first bust out the lightsaber and was doing spinning moves at this point since i'm already used to it and i you know i kind of i like watching palpatine hang off of things and he goes from being like full of glee <laughs> to suddenly scared to full like it's ridiculous i'm not defending it as good but it is enjoyable to watch palpatine more than watching dooku and also yoda is bested which is true kind of cool yeah yeah, I was going to say, I have to agree with you. I think that um, I prefer this fight to the Yoda-Dooku fight because I've already accepted that, yes, Yoda's got a lightsaber and he's going to be doing that. Um, I do think that the CG on Yoda in certain parts of this this movie didn't look the best. And like when he's like crawling through the tunnel after the fight, I was just like, this is a weird angle of Yoda that I've never seen before. And I didn't like Die it. Die hard Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> what is that tunnel doing there? Well, he, he... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think for this one, in the first confrontation with Dooku, they're also throwing shit like rocks and like metal pieces. So they just up the ante on the size of things that they are throwing at each other. Because once he's like frisbee yeah. throwing those Senate discs, like <laughs> one after the other, it's like this is getting crazy. But 
I want to know how quickly those yeah. senators go There's home no, after the session was shut the doors. No stragglers. No janitors. No cleaning people. No one's got it's some, completely empty. No one's going over the referendum to just make sure there's not a weird loophole that would give the emperor complete power over the military. Like, let me just overlook this bill. I'll stay late today. Nope, everyone's gone. But Yoda does get bested, which I think is cool because he always thought of it. And him not as only like does he get bested, ever, so. he gives up and runs away. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is the thing I brought up before. Do you guys like Need when exile, he loses the robe go. and he's just like streets Yoda? And you're like, oh, he just wears like a little brown tarp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I do, because that's kind of how he looks in uh, yeah, yeah. Empire. Like I just don't like CG Yoda in this one. I think he doesn't, his body looks different than I thought it did as like a puppet. And I think Yoda in Phantom Menace is still, like I think, the best Yoda of the prequels because they're still using the puppet. Which ver- version, though? Because they did replace him. They oh. replaced him, though. Well. There is like the original puppet and then they right. replaced well, him. Well, I remember the, the original puppet and they shouldn't have replaced him. How would you have done this final fight with the puppet, Jacob? I was gotcha. thinking about that while watching it. I was like, you just, oh, no. you would do green screen and you would do wire work, but like, how would you fucking do it? Yeah, that would be pretty difficult, I suppose. J- I think JJ, you got about <laughs> one I think month. Yoda, Yoda only only uses force powers. He's well That's beyond what I using a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, previously to Attack of the Clones, I ne- I did not want Yoda to use lightsabers. I never expected him to. And then I saw an Attack of the Clones. I didn't like it. But then I just had to accept it by the time Revenge of the Sith came around. Seeing McDermott's ham turned up to 11, just like clearly standing in a green room, <laughs> not interacting with anything and just cheesing yeah. it up. Can you imagine? Yeah. And like you guys it's said, amazing. the dangling, like the close-ups. Like, all right, Ian, today we're doing all your, you know, we got your makeup on, we got your crazy contacts in. Today we're just doing big smiles. Okay, yeah, there we go. Okay, really weird. There, mm-hmm. Eviler. You just, you just threw evil. thousands of pounds across a room, but you yeah. better not fall 10 feet. You're, you're screwed. <laughs> well, he's got bad ankles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, grading this fight for me, uh, I think it's better than the Dooku one, just because it's just so crazy. And Palpatine is peak Palpatine; like he's finally allowed to be full evil, and I think that's yeah. why it's better to me. But then we have, of course, the other fight—the greatest fight scene, maybe in this early trilogy. I think it's a mix of greatness and too over the top and I'm not into it. Um, but I think, you know, for the most part, I think especially in the first half, I think I was really into it. Once they start surfing on lava, like <laughs> on platforms over lava, it kind of lost me. You say that, Jacob, but I think the geography yeah. of the fight, when you consider that they move five different locations, they start on the landing pad, they go into the control room, they jump on sort of like the bridge gap area there, mm-hmm. get into the lava and then actually fight on the droids. You're never lost for where they are. I mean, that's pretty impressive. The scaffolding thing they climb up, which before this, Anakin does go in and kill the Trade Federation. Newt Gunray and his boys. That's right. Anakin's the one that murders kind of those fools. He's like, we know how yeah, racist your portrayal so was, and it's time to put an end to it. And they're like, oh, no, not the us. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, turn this off. <laughs> 
but Sidious promised us. All right, you're dead. So all the loose ends are tied up. Now all you need to do is just kill Obi-Wan and rule the Empire I, with an iron fist. I think but. the bodies are missing when they go back into the control room. I could be wrong, but yeah. I wonder if they are. 100% Anakin's I was looking this time. I was like, them. that's so weird. Yep. <laughs> I think they despawn yeah, after. Video uh, game after. <laughs> I, I, I really love the beginning of this fight because it is just like, it's all practical. These guys mm-hmm. spent a long time learning fight choreography that looks very difficult. It's impressive. And it gets a little bit silly, but what I do like about the surfing over lava part is the entire fight, Obi-Wan is moving backwards. He's doing his defensive lightsaber form. He's being pushed back because Anakin is presumably a better, you know, uh, better at lightsabers than he is. Mm. And then it gets to them stuck on this tiny little platform. He's got nowhere to go except the high ground. But (laughs) I didn't think of that. That's awesome. (laughs) I he is yeah, retreating yeah, the whole time, continuously huh? Continuously moving away. I mean, he like there are one or two moments where the power shifts, but it's never for long. It's mostly like, uh oh, Obi Wan, you're and in conversely, trouble. Conversely, to his fighting yeah. style, Anakin's fighting style is super aggressive, almost like rage fueled, using his hatred and his rage. And he's spinning around backwards. He's reckless. Like, he's not and being the, careful. Yeah. The, you it's know, the emotion. metaphor of the volcano blowing up will be just <laughs> so, like what's happening inside of Anakin. I definitely never thought of that. <laughs> let's, let's hold on to that real quick. So, I want to ask you three. So, we see power lines going into the magma. Are they, like, harnessing some sort of thermoelectric power on Mustafar? That's the whole point of it? Geothermal, it's probably. But you also see those robots that are like an audience for their fight later picking up just cubes of almost like energon cubes out of the magma. Where I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah, the economy of Mustafar is strange. They exporting (laughs) lava cubes. I'm just and like. Why do you need robots I, I, to scoop those out? After like, all of the bucket. droids saying, uh-oh, in this movie, I can't believe three of those didn't fly by at various <laughs> points during the fight going, uh-oh, wow, Roger, Roger. looks like they're angry. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much pointless ADR in this film. You're so right. Watch it. <laughs> little robot hat spins around. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Those battle droids. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree with Adam where, like, I like the first part, um, and in Jacob too, where it gets outside, it gets a little ridiculous when they're standing on a robot who is employed to scoop up lava cubes. <laughs> and, and they've you got know, that's those weird. shields underneath but, the platforms, which leads me to believe there's some heat shielding. But earlier, they're, like, standing on something with lava just being thrown all around them. Yeah, that, no that suits. That stuff will melt you. You would, you would combust. They're using the force so that none of it touches yeah. their skin. Right, right. Well, Anakin really could have practiced that one a bit more. Just a I, bit. True. Just I just think when they're flying around on the platforms, like how are those like they're not controlling how those things move. So how are they actually fighting when they're on two different ones because you know they're yeah, right they're next to each other? Up with each other. Yeah. No, this is the on rail. I just would have appreciated like if they could have done it some some different way instead of the, the moving platforms, I would have preferred that. Maybe but, like a couple yeah. of treadmills. But, you know, call- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. Just put them yeah. next to an actual they volcano on, with a smoke like, machine. On the lava. Um, 
I don't know. But then, of course, Obi-Wan goes to the high ground, which I have another problem with. Okay, because okay, okay. It- <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys ever out loud say, don't do it, I have the high ground? <laughs> what does that mean? What would it imply? If I if I was the guy fighting you, I'd be like, what did that guy just say to me as I try to punch you? And if you somehow cut my hands and legs off, I'd be like, oh, shit, he had the fucking high ground, I guess. Well, it's just that the, the ground that he's on is not actually that much higher. Like in the wide shot, it doesn't look doesn't he's maybe be. a foot or two above where Anakin is now. But then like, but I guess it is like, you know, flash like. Flashing back to Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan flips over Darth Maul and and kills him that way. So Anakin is thinking, I can flip over Obi-Wan and kill him in the same way. And that's when Obi-Wan says, you know, don't do it. Don't try it. Don't try it. (laughs) Um, But he's too far gone, of course. He says, you know, you you underestimate my power. You underestimate. Yeah, it is crazy that they've gone through all this geography all these crazy places, and Obi-Wan's like, ha, look at this rock. <laughs> look at this yeah, it would slight be like elevation. If small you had two <laughs> steps outside to your backyard, and you guys went down those steps, and I stood at the top and said, try it, bro. Like, like you would just be like, well, try what? <laughs> I mean, you could kick me in the face at that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't backflip over the first on the second step, you know. Um, I saw this YouTube video though, and it was like, "How powerful is Obi Wan?" Right, and like at the end of it, they're like, "Ace in the hole was like he is also the only known Jedi to utilize the technique <laughs> known as the high ground, <laughs> making him the most powerful being in the universe." <laughs> I was like, "All right, good job." Yeah, he's been talking about it probably at every council meeting. He's like, yeah, "Like the high ground." What what did what did yeah. the emperor have yeah. over Yoda? You are absolutely right. The high ground. All right, so let me That's ask right. you guys this: Would your final move after the ultimate disgrace of being crippled? You haven't lit on fire yet, but would you just stare down the person who did it to you and just scream over and over, "I hate you! I hate you! <laughs> I hate you!" <laughs> As yes, he's I just sort of like. <laughs> Probably. If I was the type of person <laughs> oh, who true. hated sand and is willing to vocalize it, I would I also mean, say that. I, uh, yes. It's it's pretty bad, but I mean, uh, it is this this is a person one million percent broken. Every yes. uh, everything is is and lost. Adam, I think it's only bad because of Hayden Christensen. Don't you guys agree? Mm-hmm. Like again, if somebody was selling this stuff, yeah, because I do think it works with like if it was if the line was done better, I think it would work because it works with Obi Wan, where Obi Wan's like. You were a brother to me. I loved you. And then you have Anakin screaming, I hate you. So that kind of works. No love versus hate, the light side versus the dark side. Like, I get what George is doing here. And I think Hayden, honestly, he's like one of the best brooders <laughs> in the game. Like, no one can brood like him. Yeah. Just let him make a face that shows like that he's conflicted. Yeah, he's don't very let him good, say like, the lines. Like, facially emoting. He just had bad dialogue. It, it's yeah, hard for me to blame any actor in the prequels just knowing knowing how George interacts with them as a director. And I'm not saying that, you know, a director has to be perfect at working with actors to make a great film. You know, Ridley Scott, famously not an actor's director, so he casts amazing actors. And one of the reasons the original trilogy is so good is they cast him as a trio. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's rough. I, I, I don't know. What do you know. think of I, the other performances, I, guys? 
Like, look at Natalie Portman, not to cut you off. Like, the her last lines, talk about just facial emoting. The only thing she does for maybe the last act of the movie when Obi-Wan comes and talks to her is just frown and be unhappy. And you're like, ugh, what a waste. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that I think Natalie Portman is a great actress. But this might actually be her worst role Agreed. just because of what she has to work with. And it's like... You know, it's like nothing. Like, especially in Phantom Menace, it was just like... Oh, I would say this movie in particular. just say every line is deadpan? I don't... She's just yeah, so... I know that she is either. like... She's angry and she's sad, but like, there's nothing going on other than that. Yeah. And I mean, she doesn't get a ton... I think Attack of the Clones is probably the best movie for Padme because she just gets more to do than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a shame because I, th- I do think Natalie Portman's a good actress for sure. Yeah. But once yeah, again, this, this still got me in the feels a little bit. This moment, hell yeah, I love Obi Wan breaking. It's good because he he doesn't have a he doesn't have an emotional break up until this point, and he has that slight. It's almost like he's in puberty and his voice cracks, where his like sadness comes out for just a second, and then he just lets Anakin burn. Yeah. Big right. mistake. And well, he he lets him burn, he but he doesn't away. make sure that he's dead. He yeah, just which kill would him. honestly he loves be, him too much. Ah, uh, but it would be nicer to put him out of his misery. Yeah, you could avert the whole Darth yeah. Vader thing for the next twenty years. It seems like he really <laughs> hates you right now. So, um, but yeah, he says, "I will not kill Anakin." We've I had can't do all, it up until this point, you know, though. So. Everyone has speculated why is Darth Vader in a suit. He was a pilot. Maybe his, you know, starship crashed. Maybe, you know, who knows what. Definitely wasn't expecting his master cut his legs off and he burned in a fire. No, No. or that he, like, his hair is gone. And I think this does. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy, right? Um, Then the Sith health program just gets him a sweet robot body. Um, I think it works, though, when you go to the New Hope and it's like, the whole uh, now I am the master. It's like he's just been thinking about right. this the whole fucking time. Like one day Obi Wan, because I. But then if you think about how he looks know. when you see him without the mask in Return of the Jedi, I I never thought that he would just immediately become that way and then get the suit. Like I thought he became that way over many years of like being in the suit, basically. Corrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's almost like George Lucas is like, well, this is what he looked like, so we're gonna make him look like that right before he puts the suit. I on. I mean, literally that final scene of them pushing it on like, he is so classic vader he hasn't changed his look he hasn't had technological advancements in 20 years <laughs> if you read the right. comics and stuff yeah. you read that like the only thing he was interested in pursuing was his meditation chamber that we see in empire you know where he has his mask uh, off they did work that technology yep. to make a climate controlled room that would feel good for him but why wouldn't you be like i mean guys guys the moment where he asks about padme and then Palpatine says the classic line, you killed her in your anger. And then George Lucas does a Frankenstein homage where he busts the wrists <laughs> yeah, off and moves his feet so crazy <laughs> before he says no. I'm just like, why would you use that encumbering body for 20 fucking years? It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, and here's the other problem that I had with it. So as soon as he puts the helmet on, he has James Earl Jones voice, right? Uh-huh. When you first saw Darth Vader in the originals, you didn't think that he just went from Hayden Christensen, the helmet's on, now he talks like James Earl Jones. Like, 
I never thought that. Like I wasn't, I, I didn't think it was the helmet voice. that was making him talk like that. Yeah. But I don't know what they could have done to fix that because he has to be Vader by the end, but maybe not just gone with straight James Earl Jones voice after he puts the helmet on. They it also look like a he prototype. A He's like screaming on the operating table. If they would have given him a different quality of voice at that point, like maybe his throat is burned out, like it would have been a little a little nicer transition for me. But I yeah. do want to say the shot with the mask coming on and the smoke getting breathed out. So cool. I, mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool shot. That was cool. Fucking yeah. awesome. It's a pretty sick shot. That little like yeah. that squeal hiss of the air like pressurizing in it. Very nice. So we have the birth of Vader, and then we have another notable births as well on the other side of this thing. Mike, can you imagine if when the droid was operating on Vader, it had said, I'm sorry, he's dying of a broken heart. He just doesn't want to live anymore. (laughs) Palpatine would have said, well, no, that's not how this works. So we'll be bringing him back now, robot. Thank you. I mean, the fact that the fact fact that Luke and Leia are born, but before that, the robot comes out and says to to Bail Organa, Yoda, and Obi-Wan, she's dying of a broken heart. She has no will to live. The fact that after that, you see her in her catatonic state, she's kind of like mumbling Anakin, blah, 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 blah. The fact that after the robot says she has no will to live, she's still like conscious enough to name her children and then basically be like, all right, but I give up on you guys. You're Luke, you're <laughs> Leia, goodbye. It's like, what are you right. doing? Like that seems like a children. big good will to live thing. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like it's it's very unrealistic because, okay, so her partner is either dead or or turned or whatever. But it's like if you're in a you know if your spouse were to die tragically or something, you wouldn't just give up on your children. And yeah, and it's like when they come out, they're like, she's fine physically, but she's uh, she's not going to make it. It's like you can't just die of a what broken are you heart. I don't about? think. <laughs> what did, what did you just say, robot? Yeah, Leia yeah, says she remembers yeah, her mother, right? Jedi. Is that which one she is says, that you know, she died when I was very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really only have, you know, the minute images, I was really. born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember that she was kind of nice and very <laughs> sweet and sad. Well, she's gone on to her beautiful life because Jimmy Schmidt just says, uh, I'll take the girl. I've always wanted one. Give me that. Which <laughs> and you're like, crazy. what the fuck? The Jedi are just like, we're going to hide these babies. Uh, Padme is presumably well-connected and has family and friends, like has a social life and yeah, a social circle. None of these people know anything about her except that I, I guess the Jedi just cover it up and say she died and the babies died too. Too bad. Or there were no babies because yeah, I guess you're right. Anakin's a secret marriage. I don't know. I heard a rumor... Um, you know, it's a fan theory from the internet, but uh, it was that Palpatine was maybe killing Padme with uh, the force power in order to help sell his narrative that Anakin killed her in his anger. Because if, if Padme's alive, right. he's never going to get Anakin on his true. side. Yeah, you know, he's got to get her out of the way. Internet, because we brought up like, what if the Emperor had had more to do with like the dreams? So there's just another thing that could I heard be, of that I be. wanted to save. But I like that. Fascinating. But that's where we're at until um, twenty thirty. Well, hold on, Mike. You said uh, uh, you brought up hope, a weird but... moment of uh, Ewan McGregor touching his mustache before. I wanted to know: Did you guys notice the moment where he drops off young mm-hmm. Luke, and we see his uncle Owen watching the two sons, as we're about to see in maybe our next film, 
Uh, Obi-Wan puts his finger under his nose. Mm -hmm. Sorry, listeners, I'm doing it. Slides it all the way across, twirls his mustache, turns around, and then the film's over. That's the last image of the movie, basically. I was like, why the fuck did Ewan McGregor just do that with his mustache? (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Did Alec Guinness do it Maybe, maybe. Something similar? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say... Oh, go ahead. Aunt Beru also looks super young. Smoking. Smoking. 20 years from now, she's going to be a wreck at him, but she's fucking (laughs) hot as hell in this. (laughs) She's got a bunch of dream catchers. She made herself hanging around the house. Yeah, well, I was going to say good for the actors that play, uh, you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru because they get to be the two last human adult characters in the prequel trilogy because the last shot is is them holding luke and then it cuts to the credits so good for those actors not chris pratt and (laughs) the lady who played baru (laughs) but that's the that's the end of the storyline you know i say um you know we kind of take this thing to the wrap get our final thoughts our jedi the sith and the jar jar and you know we'll kind of hit the end of the uh the prequel trilogy let's do it after this. We're back. We're talking the wrap-up of the final episode. In the Star Wars prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith. Um, mm-hmm. So, as you've been listening, Normies, during this special month for us, we've been doing our Jedi, our Sith, and our Jar Jar. That's our good, our bad, and our ugly. Uh, we've got our list here, and we're going to talk our final thoughts. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my Jedi, Hayden Christensen, is better in this movie. You know, I know that I ragged on him throughout this entire film. He is better. I like Owen, uh, Owen. I like Obi-Wan's look. Uh, you know, I mean, aesthetically, it's a movie, like I said. Like, this one holds you, even if though I do think, if we're talking my Sith, pacing issues. You know, that's all over the place. It gets a little goofy. It gets a little turned up at points. But uh, eh, that seems to be the Star Wars energy that the prequel films were going for. So you can't really fault them there, right? And then if you're talking Jar Jar, you know, this film, there's not too many weird things about it, but I would point out that this is the film where we see the most Sith. You get General Grievous, you get Count Dooku, and you get Senator Palpatine. You don't really get to see them do anything. They all kind of get schooled by the Jedi that they fight, so that's good, but also just kind of weird. And that's mine. How about you guys, Mike? I'll throw it over to you. Alright, well, I'll pick this one up. The good, uh, as with Clone Wars, Obi-Wan Adventures. Very good. Utapau, very fun. Um... Except it does get a little turned up, but I like seeing him kind of run around. Hello there. Uh, So uncivilized. Great stuff. The opening act is awesome. Half of the Mustafar before it gets turned up is awesome. And Plagueis the Wise, Palpatine, like all that stuff is great. Right? So cheesy. I think the Sith, the bad would be the dialogue, you know, my master and, you know, you did that yourself with your own actions, you know, turn her against me. And, you know, it's a little stiff there. Um, I don't like the lizard monster. Uh, and then the Jar Jar is just Vader's no. That whole last sequence where Vader looks like a complete fool. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you establish the greatest villain of all time and then it's like, okay, shit, got the surgery, the mask shot is dope, and then cut the wind out from under it. So that's the Jar Jar for me. But honestly, uh, I think it's great. Um, it's great Star Wars. Best of the prequels. Adam, what do you think? Well, um, my good is that uh, it, it's rare to see an action movie that's this much of a bummer. Like it really is a sad third act of a tragedy it kind of makes the prequel trilogy feel more epic because it ends on such a bummer just long soaking in desperation um it kind of reminds me of alien 3 there's just like no hope very sad and i i like that um the opening shot is cool there's a lot of cool you know action in it uh People in Star Wars, something that this hammered home for me, I didn't realize, is people in the Star Wars universe only enjoy live entertainment, seemingly. <laughs> like, or live entertainment broadcasts. Uh, I like that they go to a theater and uh, they're checking out some swimming folks. And also, Order 66 Ooh. is cool. Mm. Um, that That's just neato. Uh, my, my Sith is that the universe feels small throwing in Chewbacca in there. There's just all these connections that don't need to be connections. Um, the war is where? Like, <laughs> where is the war happening? How is it, like you said, Mike, how is it affecting people? I don't really feel it, like feel that. Um, I think the last shot is kind of lame. I, I don't know how you end this movie, but I feel like there's a missed opportunity, opportunity for a glimmer of hope beyond like, hey, remember there are other movies. <laughs> like mm. you can go watch the original trilogy now. Uh and my Jar Jar is the ADR. There's really bad robot ADR. They cram in some Obi-Wan ADR. There's just added lines all over the place. The amount of times that robots are being silly in otherwise dire situations is really a bummer. Mm. Um and mostly the love story is just not believable, which is a shame. Because if this is an epic tragedy, if you're able, instead of just making it about like Anakin's lust for power, if he really did do all of all of these things because he loves Padme so much and he can't stand the thought of losing her, it could be, you know, a much stronger movie. Uh, but I don't really get that sense. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, they don't understand each other at all. They just kind of flirt with each other, even though they're married. <laughs> like, it's not a mature relationship. And I guess it makes yeah. sense because he's been away at war. They've been in hiding the whole time. But I don't get the sense that they're in love. So that's my ugly. Hmm. Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I pretty much agree with everything that all of you guys just said. Um Adam, I thought yours were, were very spot on. Uh, but for my good, for my Jedi, I will say, uh, first of all, I think it's definitely the best looking of the prequels. Um, the cinematography is pretty good and the CG, of course. Uh, some favorite scenes would be Anakin executing Dooku, Darth Plagueis, uh, Windu versus Palpatine, and uh, Order 66. Um, those are all standout scenes for me. Um, for the Sith, the bad, I think, uh, I agree that it, with Colin, uh, it's a strangely structured movie to me. Uh, a lot of what seems to be like the third act happens about halfway through the movie. Um, and then the, just the stilted dialogue, I also agree with, uh, especially, uh, between Anakin and Padme, um, you know, you have like, it's because I'm so in love oh, with you. Yeah. No, no, because I'm so in love with you. Thank God they said that. It's just like, Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't know. <laughs> now I know that they're both in love with each other. 
Yeah. So <laughs> stilted dialogue. Uh, and I have to say in the bad general grievous as a character, um, not that into him. Uh, yeah. So that's my Sith. Uh, and then for the Jar Jar, the ugly, uh, I would say number one thing is that I do think Hayden Christensen is better in this movie, uh, but I still can't, I can't quite get there with him becoming Vader. Like the disconnect is too large of, you know, even in the last battle in Mustafar, I'm still not all the way there. And seeing what I envisioned as Darth Vader in the original series, it's just, it's never going to be there for me. But you know, it, it does feel like a missed opportunity. And then of course the Vader's no scene that doesn't help at all either. Uh, but overall I think, uh, Palpatine and Obi-Wan are the MVPs of this movie for sure. Hello there. I have two questions then before we get completely out of here. Uh, I'll start with the guest Adam. We'll go around. Is the Mustafar lightsaber battle, the best lightsaber battle up to this point? And as of recording, we're only not having rise of Skywalker. So, I argue that it is, even though it gets out of control. I think it's even better than Duel of the Fates. That's my hot take, Adam. Uh, do you mean in the prequel trilogy All only? of Star Wars. Um, I'll have to say no, uh, because I, I like the, the Empire lightsaber battle best. Okay. Uh, not for the action you know, standpoint. I just like, like the, drama. the stakes. Mm-hmm. And the I like the set way better. But uh, it's definitely my top three. I think it's beautiful. It's super cool. Nice. Jacob, what are your thoughts on Mustafar? Where does it rank? Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, top for me is Duel of the Fates. Okay. Second is probably uh, Re- uh, Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader versus Luke. Um, it's probably my second favorite, just maybe for nostalgia reasons, but I just really like that one. And then maybe this one's probably top three, at least top five for sure. So. Mm. Colin. I, I guess you I would guys are three. leaving out the biggest fan favorite right now, which is the Rogue One Vader hallway scene. I That's will not personally throw that up there. It's dope as hell. It's a little too genre for me where they're like, it's a horror movie. All of a sudden, we've never seen Vader mercilessly kill people like that with a lightsaber. It's So that's a little outlandish. I'll go with what Jacob just said. The Return of the yeah. Jedi, Vader, Luke, him in the black, like they're using force powers on each yeah. other. Like it's so cool. It's like a slow burn too. That's true. There's a lot more tension the there. The coolest Luke's ever looked. Well, I guess I might have my answer then for my next question, but this is a thought I had while watching this. After including the prequels and some of the post schools, I don't know what to call them, right? Um, looking at Star Wars as a whole now and kind of what this identity is of Jedi, Sith, lightsaber battles, right? Could this be the best Star Wars movie? Because it has, like uh, Colin said, the most Sith. It has a very epic battle. It has Jedi at the height of their power, which we never really see again, like, could this be the best Star Wars movie or is it like, I don't think it's better than empire. It's my number two. Um, that's where I'm at. Adam thoughts on where this might rank. Um, I, I think as it is the best of the prequels and I feel like it really encompasses like the aesthetic of the prequels and how, how different they are from the original trilogy. I can understand putting it at number two, you know, as a representative of this thing that was also a huge part of my life. Uh, but for me, I don't think any other movie is going to sneak into my original trilogy lineup. Um, those are always going to be the best to me. So I'm going to say no. All right. 
No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> so many iconic no's in this film. Uh, all right. <laughs> Jacob, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, Mike, I wish I could agree with you more. I want to, but I do. while I do think it's the best of the prequels and I do like this movie, I can't put it above any of the original trilogy. And honestly, I think I like both of the Disney main series movies better than any of the prequels, wow. unfortunately. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I would put it, but I would put it, you know, a good sixth. So that's pretty good. There's been two Disney's and three originals. Out of so, nine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six out of nine. I guess that's great. <laughs> yeah. But fair enough. All right, yeah, that's everyone can have their pretty column. Where, where do you fall on this? Well, I'd like to point out, you called them postquels instead of saying sequels. So I do love that, Mike. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I call them, The man. sequels. <laughs> the sequels, I would say, feel so small in that, like, a lot of the times, like, The Last Jedi... Ray's just doing her own thing on one place. You know, the other people are pretty much staying in one place too. Um, Force Awakens, kind of the same deal. So at least with this film, it has a scope. Like we're jumping around places, going to planets we've never seen before, seeing stuff we've never seen before. Um, I might put it over the film that we're watching next week to lead into that a little bit. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on your side, Mike. It's not my favorite, but uh, I don't know. Would you, Mike, say that this is your favorite Star Wars movie? I, I could not do that. It's got to be Empire. But I think there's an argument to be made with what people think and associate Star Wars with, especially now that we have lightsaber fencing schools and shit. Like, that's all coming from the prequels. Like, that version of what Star Wars is as a pop culture kind of, like collective so like if that's yeah. what you look at as star wars and unlimited power like if that's what you think of for star wars this is definitely the best one this is where i got star wars friends when i think about it like i grew up loving the original trilogy but i was kind of alone and by the time revenge of the sith comes out all the friends i grew up with kind of think this movie is cool and we're playing with lightsabers and we're playing battlefront 2 so I guess I do have to give it some some credit there. Maybe open the door for some people, otherwise it wouldn't. So, yeah, I can agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, I obviously you know, I was super into lightsabers when I was a kid. I used to you know lightsaber fight with my brothers in the backyard. But at the same time, I also think I might have a hot take. I think maybe these prequels they're too lightsaber focused. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's like you have to see every Jedi with a lightsaber doing some kind of action scene, like. The originals didn't have that many lightsaber fights. I mean, the only characters that had lightsabers were Luke, okay. Obi-Wan, and Jacob, Darth Vader. True. Imagine the duel in A New Hope if old man Alec Guinness <laughs> got out his lightsaber. They did that, you know, very polite fencing sort of bow move that they do. And then he did a spin attack at him like Emperor <laughs> Palpatine did. I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> I just wish he would have climbed something and been like, I have the high ground, Vader. <laughs> you know what that means. Bitch. You remember what happened yeah. last time. <laughs> these these unrarefied lightsabers, I just have to mention, episode three, they became pointy. The lightsabers are pointy in episode three. Mm. Like I really noticed that more in the final in the, fight. Uh, yeah, you oh. see the edge at the top. You really see it as yeah. a sword. Because in the originals, they're more right. pointy. But then in episode one and two, they're kind of more like cylindrical almost. Rounded, yeah. Yeah, but you know, my take is that I I think I think I lights I, uh, lightsaber fighting is cool and everything, but I just feel like George Lucas he got a little too focused on that and less focused on other aspects of of 
the original series that I that I liked a lot. I heard a quote, um, unattributable, so I'll say that I made it up. This is my quote, everybody. Um, the, the original <laughs> Star Wars, George Lucas um, told a story by using special effects, but in these ones, he's using special effects to tell a story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the I focus like is on character and character motivation yeah. in the original trilogy, but then it's just about more the spectacle. So. I think he definitely got too he got too into the technology and everything. He wanting to have cutting edge CGI and all this stuff, which is cool. I think it's kind of the same trap that James Cameron fell into with the Avatar movie, where he's like so focused on these groundbreaking technologies that you didn't give the story enough thought. So yeah, I would agree with you. But I guess if I'm going to give final thoughts here before we get out, best of the prequels. Maybe if this is your thing, you love a lot of lightsabers, it could be your favorite. It's awesome. I mean, thanks for listening to these ones. We're going to be getting into the original trilogy. Revenge of the Sith. Dope fights. Uh, Obi-Wan Adventures. Check it out. Adam? Yeah, I like the prequels again. I'm glad that we watched these guys. Yeah. Adam, any last thoughts? Yeah, I I like this movie. Um, I I like all its weirdness. Uh, I'm bonded to it now. There's no more hatred in my heart left for it. Uh... Of course, I would have it a different way if I could, but I'll, I'll take what I've got. And yeah, this is a fun movie to watch. All right. Yeah, I got to agree with uh, you know what you guys said. Uh, I have a more favorable opinion of these movies now than I did a couple weeks ago before I rewatched them. So less negative thoughts, and I'm you know accepting them for what they are, and I and I like them, so I enjoy mm-hmm. them. And this one's definitely the best of the three. Colin, prequels. I'd say 100%. 100%. I mean, guys, we're back on board. We're prequel appreciators. And normies, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of these three as you followed along with us. Do you have Disney Plus? Are you watching along saying, oh, man, it's so cool that I can watch these at any time? Uh, let us know. Reach out to us at, at normies underscore like underscore us, where you can reach us on, on all social media. Absolutely, and the Force will be with us next week when we dive into the original trilogy, starting with The New Hope. Um, And this has been Mikey Juan Kenobi. Thanks for listening, Normies. General Colin. Lord Jacob. Adam Antilles. (laughs) Uh, Adam, plug your podcast real quick. Oh, yes, please. Um, You can listen to my podcast at readinheathens.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-N-H-E-A-T-H-E-N-S.com. Uh, it's an unholy and wholly uninformed Bible study. It's a non-religious Bible study. Check it out, Normies. It's a lot of fun. You definitely should do it. All right. We'll catch you next time, Normies. May the Force be with you. Or unlimited power. Hello there. Thank you for listening to this very special Star Wars edition of Normies Like Us. We will be back for more Star Vember and Wars Simba. And you will give us a rating, like, and subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Catch you soon, Normies. May the Force be with you. Yeah, hiding. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love, <laughs> I love how that guy whispers. We're, we're, we're actually being held captive. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, man. <laughs> you fucking weird Dracula. The 12th floor. He, he uh, whispers, and Obi-Wan is just like, okay, if you have warriors... <laughs> Bring him out. <laughs> Again, the whole scene. I'm whispering. The fact have you not that, noticed? <laughs> yeah, he's whispering, but then Obi-Wan's like, great, I'll go hide in the corner. Get me the loudest animal you have possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it could make a super loud, annoying noise every couple seconds, that would be great. <laughs> no, 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 you win. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You are strong. <laughs> I swear at one point they stop doing contacts and they just make the eyes digital because at one point he moves and they don't move with him. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? That's the dark side energy. I uh, love him walking across the platform while Vader's on the stretcher and he's got the hood on and he looks exactly like Palpatine always has. But he just looks kind of content. He looks very pleased with himself. He he's like, I did it. Did. All right, I'm hitting stop. <laughs> Record. Hit and stop. Oh, yeah. Hit and stop. <laughs> 